having some slight technical difficulties. I think it's the operator. Maybe. I actually signed in at uh, 8.58 thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to be late. And then I go to turn the uh, the stream yard on and it says your microphone is or your uh, camera is disconnected, which is hilarious because the camera is built into the computer. So here we Roro, are. Raggy. Roro. Did you well, do in introductions yet or not? I haven't because I was on the verge of saying, man, Phil's late again, but you, uh, weren't. you were right there. So this is episode 75. Of Snake 75. Part of the Herpetoculture Network. Uh, I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefers Initiative. What are you smoking upon this time? Tonight, we're going petite but powerful. <clears throat> the Knox. Oh. I'm doing a Perdomo 10th Maduro. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. It's Apparently, it's new. I didn't realize that. It's like one yeah. of their latest ones. Yeah, I haven't seen that. The band is very interesting. It's a super dark Maduro. Which is it's like a Pokemon card. It's a foil. I like it. Tonight is actually the first time I'm using the official oh. Brothers of the Leaf Snakes and Stogies Zippo. And just because this is a professional show and we are professionals. For the most part. I have the official Zippo torch insert. Yeah. Spared no expense. Yeah, I mean, they're worth the extra money. They are. It, it was like $12. Yeah, you know? I mean, they're like twice as much as the the cheap versions, the non-name brand. I don't find yeah. that those hold up terribly long. So right, right. Just spend the extra dough. and I think I spent 15 I think 15 is the most I've seen them on Amazon. So. Okay. Yeah, I think my mine came to like 17 or 18 with, you know, uh, shipping or whatever because... The one I got from, I guess, wasn't Prime, so yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, it, is, shows, it is cool. This show is brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Yes. Who just posted that they had their first Poplin carpet hatch. Iridian Jaya's. Congratulations, Gendra. I'm prepping for for neonate season here myself been loading up on pinkies as much as i can that sounds fantastic billy hunt has multiple clutches cracking open and cooking so i'm eager to I'm, see i'm glad he's having a better year than he did last year that's for sure yeah we're all we're all thinking it you know and uh casey has some some blue tongue action um, he said that he found small amounts of poo, and he's almost afraid that mom may have ate a couple babies. Uh, so, more on that in the future. I'm eager to see what he wound up discovering. Some little, some little morsels. Yeah, which is interesting because if the if the newborns, I mean, I, I got to talk to Manny about this one, but if the newborns were fresh enough that mom would have ate them would they really have defecated 
Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know. Like they would have had to be in there for an extended period of time, which I yeah. think Casey, that wouldn't have been the case. So, yeah, I think I think he had he was absent for I think two days. He was doing a little traveling. So, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, my uh, my Darwin just shed, and the face I, I looked at her and I was like, "What are you doing?" And it literally looked like the the swollen face, shed head. Uh, uh, I'm about to do something horrible. Uh. And I was like, oh man, you're going to shed. And then I noticed that the tail was already off and like hanging from my specialty enclosure designs, Cambro uh, rack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so right on the money. <laughs> but we were, I, we were just um, talking about shed head, you know? Yeah. I was cleaning some tubs the other night, mostly in the Boiga and, um, uh... Males going into shed, but I put him and the female together while I cleaned out their tubs. Like I had to do a complete like deep clean because paper towels have gotten pretty nasty. I guess there's yeah. not a lot of airflow in that rack with those cambros, so things yeah. kind of get pretty funky pretty quick. So yeah. while I was doing a deep clean and waiting for those tubs to disinfect a little bit before I, you know, put in new pads and stuff, I put them together. And the male was definitely interested. I think if I had left them in there a while, they would have like longer than the five or ten minutes they were together, they would have he would have made it happen. So that's something I've been, I've been sort of playing with a little bit. Cause I know like Jeff and Kendra, they've been trying a little bit with their pair and haven't seen much action. Um, some other people I've talked to with Cyania where they've, they've tried to pair them earlier, like this, this time of the year, instead of later in, in like the summer. Um, and they got no interest. So I was like, I'll put mine together earlier than June, which is when I first paired them originally. Like the first time I paired them was early to mid June, I think. Uh, and so now I'm just I'm doing it to see if if they do if they will pair up earlier, which I think they will. I don't know exactly what it is that would drive them to to like what the stimulation would be outside of low pressure fronts and stuff. Right, right. So I don't know. We'll see. But he was definitely interested. So well, good, <clears throat> good. I can't say the same for my knobtails. Um, I uh, I have. Them. Yeah, I got one half-ass lock, and uh, dude, it had to have been something with my temps. I had to have, I had to have messed something up. I had to have maybe had them cool for too long, or maybe, uh, maybe the females don't think they're of weight. Maybe I was thinking that too, because I haven't, I haven't fed them as much as I probably rightfully should. But the body weights are good, so yeah. I, I just don't know. And I've been checking the sand to make sure they're not, you know, dropping unfertiles. And they don't even look like they're ovulating, so I, I have no idea. I got a bunch of. Would it of, be uh, that they're not getting cold enough at night? Like you would uh-huh. have them cool off in the winter, but it would be even colder yeah. at night than it would be normally, right? Yeah, that's true. Because like they're not made, getting a deep enough cycle. I I thought that might be it. Um, so what I'm actually thinking of, my the room that they're in gets warmer in summer, so I may just hold off and I may just try like in July. You know what I mean? And just see what happens. Because um, everything's wonky in, in my geckos. I, I don't know. And it looks like my two underwaterosaurus are d- probably two girls. So uh, I should, ha- I mean, like, I'm there. Like, I know. I just don't want to tell myself that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I want to get some more. Hopefully, uh, I don't know if DW, if Leland's going to be at Daytona, but hopefully he is. I'll get some more um, and hopefully try and round that out a little bit. But uh, dude, I'm just I'm just having fun hanging out with them, you know. I'm not gonna push it. Well, I am uh, two weeks out from beat it's happening, 
So really, yes. And where are we on the cage front? Um, I have to talk to Sean because I saw that they had their house for sale in Colorado, but I don't know that they've moved yet. So I need to hit them up and coordinate. So you're definitely going to use Sean for that. I plan to, yeah. Now are you going to have him build something once he moves to Florida, and then you just rendezvous with him? Like you, you said that you're a few weeks out from getting them. What are you putting them in the interim? They're going to be in Christmas tree tubs. Oh, so you decide you decide on Christmas tree tubs. Yeah, you figure out which ones until, you're going to get. Well, I'm going to use Reed's because Reed has. Ah, okay. I'm going to borrow Reed's until. Perfect. Perfect. It'll smell yeah. like them. It'll it'll feel like it's theirs. That that's awesome. Is there? Is he giving you any like decor, like any caves or water dishes or anything? I have no idea. Okay, sure. I would I would ask for at least the the hide boxes if you could. You know, at least for six months just to let him feel yeah. cozy. You know, and familiar. Ha- yeah, familiar. How is he doing the heat on them? Uh, I believe he just keeps them in his garage, and they're at whatever the ambient temperatures are throughout the year. Like that's how he cools his. He just lets them like whatever winter drops down to. That's what they get. Takes them off food. Um, my only main concern, I guess, I, well, even then, like humidity. They don't strike me to be as nearly as desert-ish as Gila's are. No, I feel no. like they're much more tropical. Oh yeah, yeah. The humid. I, I've from what I've seen with my friends that produce them locally to me. Uh, humid, one hundred percent humidity. They don't care, mm-hmm. um, as long as it's not soaking wet. Like yeah, good in, ventilation and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you don't even have to have good ventilation. You can have lesser ventilation and have the high humidity, as long as they're not sitting in moisture, so to speak. You know, that's going to irritate them or give them a skin issue or some kind. Yeah, that's my yeah. biggest concern is skin infections yeah. and stuff. So yeah, yeah. but I have two fans here in the garage that I'll keep turned on and circulate air and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're going to, they're going to stay in the garage anyways, but definitely want to talk to Sean about putting some cages behind me so they can be displayed in their glory. But talked to Reed the other day. So that's kind of the timeline we're working with. Cool, man. I'm excited. I <clears throat> And they are, they're chill, they're tame, they're play play withable. He said, yeah, he said they're like in the, they're like cage defensive. Okay. He's like, once they're out, he's like, they're fine. They're just, they like <laughs> to do, I guess, do the, like the headbutt. Like they're not really trying to bite. They're just more like the don't touch me, leave me alone kind of thing. <clears throat> so it reminds me of uh, that scene in There's Something About Mary when Matt Dillon gets in the convertible and the guy's got the, the great Dane, he's like, Oh, cute dogs. He bite. And the guy's like a little, <laughs> it's like, Oh, how are these little monsters tame? They, they bite oh, a little. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm like halfway through corn snake eggs being incubated, which is crazy to me. Cause it's like, I'm so used to the 106 days of, Boiga, and so it's like, damn, we're already it flies. I guess when you when you have stupid long incubation like that, it, it goes by a lot quicker. So those that first yeah. clutch looks rough, like just the egg calcification and stuff. They look just horrible. floppy. They just look rough, man. So 
I've been giving her extra calcium with the last, I've been feeding her a little more, making sure she gets, gets some extra calcium in her and get her back up to speed. And hopefully the clutch, um, the next clutch that I get from her won't be as, as rough. It'll be a little more, more resources to use. And how far along did you say this clutch was? So it's been, they were, they were late a month ago. Hmm. So, have you candled them since you threw them in the incubator? I haven't. Okay. I, I, just, I don't, you know, I don't like the, I don't, the candling is cool and all. Like I understand doing it when you first get the clutch to see if there's any sort of veinage, but after right. that, I, I don't like to play with them a whole lot. I really like to leave them alone, but I do want to buy one of those candlers from Amazon. Oh, really? Uh, let me see. I'll pull one up. Yeah. Pull These that look, up. This looks really <clears throat> handy. I want one. Well, so forgive me for not remembering, but did you keep the mass together or did you separate the eggs? Those I separated. Okay, because I was gonna say is are you if I know that for the cyania eggs, you, you would crack that tub and check them almost every other day. It, are you doing that with the corns? Because I was gonna say if you're doing if you're already doing that with the corns, you don't have to take it out per se. You don't have to take the eggs out. Just take the light and just touch the light to it real quick and take a look. Oh, look at those. So those first two results are kind of what I'm wanting to get these guys right here. That is super nifty. It's pretty neat. And so it's like it's a flashlight just with like a little cone on the end of it, more or less. Yeah. But I like it because you're not getting uh, excess uh, right. light emitting from the sides, you know. But like you could That's take awesome. that and put it to an egg laying in the egg box and be able to check without having to take it out and sit it on. Right. That, you know what I mean? Right. But exactly what I was just saying. Like it. Very cool. Yeah, and they're cheap. For, it's Twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I've seen some that are fifteen. Seen some that are cheaper. So yeah, right there, another one. Dude, Amazon nice strikes little, again. I love it. Nice little tool in the arsenal. Yeah. What is that? That egg this incubator. Is what is that? This. Go up. Yeah. What does it say? That egg incubator. Has, that has two. <laughs> Two stars. Two stars. I'm going to go buy it. You know how that works out for you. Uh, so what I did differently, though, with this, so I don't have to continue to open up the the egg chamber and the egg box. Um, and I know I talked about this not that long ago on one of the episodes, but I put them in those Sistema boxes, and then it's an old wine cooler, so the door is glass. Right. So I have a really bright flashlight. If I want to check on the eggs, see like how much humidity is building up, uh, I can just shine it through and see both clutches. I don't have to open nothing. I don't have to disrupt this, you know, make the temps drop or anything like that. I can just check it without having to disturb them. So I like it. It's good. It's much easier that way, but I do open it maybe once or twice a week just to get some fresh air in there and circulate things a little bit. And I got some, uh, I went to PetSmart today to get some, some pinheads for the, Turkey as geckos. Um, and I ended up getting some aquarium. Like they, they have that top fin brand aquarium plants. And I got some of the small stuff that doesn't get very tall at all. It's more like coverage, like ground cover, more or less for aquascapes. Cool. I got some of that and I put it in the uh, the corn snake egg box because I'm curious to see if something like that will help with uh, keeping temps a little more stable. Uh, just like keeping things slightly cooler and keeping that sort of the gas exchange and stuff circulating, get them some oxygen in there and 
Yeah. You know, just playing around with it and seeing what happens. I don't know. It may not make a damn bit of difference. Who knows? But I'm experimenting and seeing if anything changes. If I notice anything different. Nice. So I know I showed you in our group chat, um, but did I share it with anyone else that like did I show it on Snakes and Stogies the backdrops I got for the drink calls? No, because I don't think you had those yet. Last. Week. All right. So um, I'm I'm basically going to try and do a naturalistic pseudo vivarium in a display vision cage. Well, two display vision cages. So I have the. Um, I call them. What's displays. the difference between the vi- the display vision and a regular vision? So a regular vision is going to be your normal, like even measurements. So like a standard vision would be, uh, like a three foot vision would be three foot wide, two feet deep, two feet tall, right? Mm-hmm. A four foot vision is typically four feet wide, two feet tall, two feet or three feet deep. A display is where the vertical is almost as large as the horizontal so like i have i have three three foot displays so it's three feet wide uh like 26 or 27 inches tall and then two feet deep and then instead of having like the pocket that comes down off the ceiling for a heat dome or like a small little angled strip in the back for like a fluorescent light the entire back of the vision is cut out in an l shape at a perfect 90 degree angle so that way you can stack your stuff in the back of the of the of the cage and then still stack another vision on top of it. So I have three of those um, that were just collecting dust. And I was like, man, these would be perfect for the rinks. So, and that's part of the stuff that we want to talk about tonight was do it yourself vivarium stuff. Right. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure in a little bit, but one of the things I really want to do is there's a company called petbackdrops.com. Actually I'll, I'll throw it up here. And what they do is they, they do the normal backgrounds for, you know, your aquarium or the leopard gecko or the bearded dragon where, you know, you, you buy it by the by the roll, by the foot, and you just tape it on the back of the glass tank. Um, but what they do is petbackdrops.com. Uh, bear with me, folks. All right, let me share the screen. You know what? Like, man, like I have these turkeys geckos, and I could get the crickets regularly, but I also know we have these magnolia trees next to the house that have a ton of tiny little roaches. I'm thinking of figuring out a way to get like a deli cup, like one of the tall ones, yeah, bury it in the ground, and then find a way to put something along the top rim that stops them from climbing out, and just look catching a ton of them like that, and just feed them. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Just put Vaseline at the top. You literally just you you move leaves, and I mean, they're just everywhere. Oh my god, it's crazy. And they're so, the perfect size. Nice. So do it, man. Do a little uh, pitfall trap, you know. I do. I just have. I had time today, but I took a nap instead. <laughs> Priorities. So Anna this is. Oh, well, good. So this is petbackdrops.com, um, and they have amazing stuff. And all of these are licensed, paid for, whatever. And you basically pay by the inch, I think it is, depending on what it is. But they have desert, they have cartoon, they have crazy. And this is all stuff. And you basically select what you want um, per the enclosure. So, you know, this one here, I can do the sizes. And, and they'll tell you, like, this is a stick-on for the inside, this is a stick-on for the outside. But one of the coolest things they do 
is if I just type in vision here. Do they let you choose by country? <laughs> no, you just have to pick desert or jungle oh, or gotcha. you know, swamp, whatever. But like this is specific for a vision cage. And what they do is uh, it's, it's an adhesive vinyl that is UV resistant, uh, heat resistant, uh, and moisture resistant. So you can wipe it down with, you know, chlorhexidine. It won't discolor from the UV lights if you're using it on like a lizard or something. And it won't melt if it's under a heat lamp per se, you know, within reason. Um, but clearly here we can see there's a vision cage and they cut it to the exact size of the background. And if you don't know, you can always call them up and say, hey, I have a 211 or I have a TV vision or I have, you know, a 322 and they'll know which, which is which and, you know, help you out. So what I did was I contacted some people in South Africa who are, you know, herpers and like, see that custom border here. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I wound up doing was crazy I, that someone can have a business completely based on something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I reached out to these to some South African folks and was like, Hey, I'm doing a, two Rengal's enclosures. I want to do a naturalistic photo landscape background. So <laughs> I got these um, and forgive me because I don't have the actual spots uh, Unacceptable. Written, written down. Disgraceful. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I know where it is. It's in my Google Drive. They have the names. So, all right, hold on a second. Google is freaking out. Google Drive. All right. So, this is Valkestrom, which is on the border of KwaZulu Natal. So, this will be for one of the enclosures. Sharing. It's like the old computer wallpaper that came on like PCs. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very similar. And what's interesting is the gentleman who gave me this, he's like, dude, have fun with it, enjoy it. The guy who gave me this, he posts on his Instagram pictures of a KwaZulu Natal Rinkals sitting on some rocks with that exact hill in the background. Oh, <laughs> that is cool. So so it's not like it's just some stock photo. That's literally from the same, no. I don't want to say, dare I say, photo shooter herping trip of when he actually found one. So uh, so there's that one there. And then we've also got, if I can, hold on a second. So this is the roads in the Eastern Cape. Did it not, did it not share? Hold on a second. There, it there is. you go. Steven had a good idea. He said, just put an OLED background and stream any background you want with the appropriate ambient sounds. <laughs> that would be very cool. So, uh, so this is the Eastern Cape. And I love this picture because of the colors, but I feel like in a vision cage, it might be a little too dark. Yeah, that might not translate very well. And, and again, I'm not quite sure if my, my animals are supposed to be KwaZulu Natal. But I don't know if they are Eastern Cape or not. So, you know, I figure I'll just stick to the to the KNZ animal uh, photos. And then he sent me one more. Well, it's also um, going to depend, too, on those on that company that prints them, whether or not that'll print lighter or darker as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. You won't exactly. know until you see it. So, well, so they sent me. Remember, I did mm -hmm. one from North Georgia uh, mm -hmm. for the Copperhead. 
and there was a photo that I took, and it is verbatim the exact photo that I took. So it's not like uh, it was oh, okay. slightly darker or slightly lighter because of the print quality. The print quality was impeccable. Um, and then the last picture is actually um, the foothills in central uh, Drakensberg, which is, again, KwaZulu-Natal. And that is this. I think that I mean, might that be my one's favorite. My favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Point. That'd be the one I'd go with. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm going to do – I have two I have two animals. I have two cages. So one will get the, um, uh, the Drakensberg, and then the other one, as I flip through this stuff. Oh, there we go. All right. And the other one will get a Wackerstrom, if I'm saying that correctly. <clears throat> so I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's cool. What lights are you using in those now? So, right now, because I'm still doing quarantine, um, I have each Cobra in its own uh, Starlight tub, right? Um, but, I mean, in Visions, typically, what do you usually have in there? It depends on the species. So, uh, certain species... LEDs? No, no, no. Um, no. LEDs are a pain in the ass. And I don't know if you watch... I love using LEDs, man. Not, in, not on Visions, though. See, that's the problem. So, LEDs are amazing. But in a vision cage, it's a pain in the ass because if you're trying to fasten it to the ceiling, you have to literally drill into the vision, which a lot of guys and gals don't want to do because you're putting holes in an escape-proof enclosure, right? You're putting unnecessary holes. And, and like is this assuming it's one without the little dome built in, right? Right, correct. So if I had the little, if I had the little dome built in, then I could just drop an LED puck light in right. there and call it a day. Or a bulb. Um, they have LED bulbs now. Or LED, all over the house. Exactly, exactly. But these particular ones, because they're so tall, the entire back is dropped four inches. But unfortunately, you can't use a conventional heat lamp dome because it's too tall. Mm -hmm. It's taller than four inches, especially ones that are, uh, you know, 60 watt ceramic. Yeah, higher. it's not going to do much. So what I figured I'm going to do is I've actually got just enough room on that strip to do the small Zilla uh, LED plant bulb mm -hmm. on which I'll do on the cool side. I'll have the small Zoomed of uh, uh, fluorescent, um, not fluorescent. It's in, it's incandescent LED, you know, those little coil bulbs they have. I guess they're still fluorescent but they screw into an incandescent yeah. fixture. I have a small little one of those in the middle, and I'm going to do the uh, Zilla microhalogen on the hot side. But wouldn't you, I mean, if you had to drill into them, it's still, it wouldn't be, I'm confused is what you're talking Like, people won't drill into them to put, like, a whole fixture? Yeah, so, like, so you don't want, a lot of guys don't want to put a light bulb inside the enclosure. Because right. now you risk the animal touching it. You have to put well, a cage. Well, that's the nice thing about those LED bulbs, too, is a lot of them are in like a plastic casing instead of glass. Right. The yeah, like it, but if you look at Riley, when he did LEDs in his visions, he wound up going with strip lights. But he had to fasten yeah. them from the inside because mm -hmm. the animals, they're just going to pull them down. And like I've even seen it where, you know, the old school incandescent fixture um, with the two screws? Mm -hmm. It almost looked like an upside down volcano. Mm-hmm. I've seen it where snakes pulled on that so much that they pulled the screws out. They were like hanging from it. They pulled the screws out. Now you have exposed wires. Now you have exposed screws. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Is yeah, it's it's just I I just don't like it. Poles with just some wing nuts or something at the top to keep them. 
yeah, heavy duty. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, but I get no, it. And, and that's that's they're great ideas. I, just, I also wouldn't want to drill into those cages either, given how expensive they are and stuff. Yeah, I'd try to yeah. avoid that as much as possible. Oh, dude, and when one melts, oh, the worst. When you get a melt spot because the because the dome of the heat lamp was not flush on the screen; it was like slightly tilted, and it just gets that little hot spot. Now you have to get like you know oh. epoxy or resin and like smoothing it out. No, but the things are damn near bulletproof, so it, it's worth it. You know, um, but yeah, so I'm going to do those three lights for each enclosure because I plan on having natural grass growing and we'll, we can get to that a little later if you want. But, uh, but yeah, I was just really excited. I just ordered the, the stickers or vinyl, whatever you want to call them. I ordered them tonight. So uh, they should be here in like two weeks. Exciting. Very nice. Very nice. So I had originally, because I thought we'd talk about like trip prep and sort of getting ready to go. If you're like going somewhere out of state or you're going somewhere. We can. We can. I'm, I'm in. I'm 100%. But then in. you would, well, you had other stuff you wanted to talk about, which seemed a little more uh, probably appealing than us talking about putting a checklist together and. Well, we can also we can do checklists another night. We could do it tonight too. I mean, it's not like we have a, a, a time cap out or anything. Oh, let's get but, into what you wanted to talk about. Though. So my thought process was, I'm I'm doing these rink these rink cages, right? And I have so many crazy do it yourself, you know, DIY or DIY, however, do it yourself DIY. DIY. Yeah, yeah, DIY. Yeah. I don't, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> um, I have so many ideas in my mind, but I am not handy. Like yeah, at man. all, like at all. Um, and I'm, I'm learning how to do stuff. And then I, I learn how to do it. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. Or that's a lot of work, but I could totally do that. That could be a fun thing, you know? Um, so one of my good friends, Chris, he's redoing his conjure enclosures and dude, he has like naturalistic vines that it's all fake, all of it's fake, but it looks so damn good. So um, I actually made like a little cheat sheet tonight just to kind of remember some of the DIY stuff. But I'm looking at these 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 rink enclosures, and I was like, man, I want to do spear point African spear point grass, but the problem is it gets way too big and bushy if you transplant it. It's they're gigantic. You know, you can buy them at yeah. garden centers and stuff, but they're the size of a basketball, and that's a lot of real estate in a three foot cage. Excuse me. So, could you not just cut it in half? You mean like trim it this way? Yeah, yeah. I guess you could. Down the it's center. Still, that's what I did still, with the big pothos that's in the scrub enclosure. But it's still really tall, and I feel like I want that intermediate growth. I want that like that middle teenage plant. I don't want the full size bush. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> for aesthetics. Um, so even if I wanted to trim the grass shorter. It would still look funny. It wouldn't look natural. Um, so Chris was telling me, he's like, dude, Hobby Lobby has a ton of fake stuff for home decor and arts and crafts and whatever. He's like, dude, Hobby Lobby has a 50% off all decor sale. And I was like, I'm going. Their you stuff's know? kind of like their, their fake plants are a little expensive, but they do have but a they're nice gorgeous. Yeah. So here I have pictures of my African spear point grass. If I could find it, I was so happy. I will say, not being this. a big Perdomo guy, these Maduros are good. 
Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Well, I'm glad to hear it wasn't just a foil wrapper. So here you go. Show that, Justin. So that's fake, but it looks so good, right? Yeah, it's like rubber. So I, isn't it? Yeah, they're like they're they're basically rubber or like a, a, a flexible resin. Um, but I basically made two of those bouquets. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take foam styrofoam block, and th this is where my mind's at. Um, in the past, for some of the girdle tail lizards, I had gotten styrofoam block. Um, I had cut the styrofoam to the, the shape of the rocks that I wanted, glued those together, and then covered the whole thing in grout because, you know, grout has that texture. It's the right color. It's waterproof or water resistant. I should say a lot of it is porous. Um, and it has weight to it where the animal won't necessarily knock it over, Yeah, but it's not the same weight as having, you know, 30 pounds of boulder in your cage, you know? So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get styrofoam block that I have, shave it to the shape that I want, gouge out a piece, plant those fake grass, that fake grass bouquet in there, rubber cement it or super glue it or whatever, and then grout around the outside and then take some of my soil or some of my substrate, throw that on the grout when it's still wet so that it adheres and make like my own fake, you know, yeah, rock like with rock. the grass. Right. So then I got to thinking, and I was like, man, if I've got the plant bulb in there and I'm getting good ventilation because the way I have it set up is they're actually underneath an AC vent. And that's something that I was very mindful with, with the girdle tail lizards, which come from the same area, same locality type stuff. Um, ventilation was key, you know, with the sun gazers, ventilation was key. Having that fresh, cool mountain breeze, you know, cascading over the grasslands, um, that really made the husbandry there, right? So I put them under the AC vent. I have the heat, so they're getting a hot spot, but it's still a cool breeze, which is not which is not the best for humidity because I'm blowing that humidity out. But at the same time, if I'm having live plants in there and I'm adding moisture by spraying and misting and making it rain or whatever, um, there's no reason why I couldn't grow live grass in there. So then I start going down this rabbit hole of of sod and doing sod in an enclosure because I can buy it by the sheet. I can basically mm -hmm. pull it apart or cut it or whatever. Um, and basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to sod the inside of the vision cage. So I decided that I'm going to talk to a buddy about getting some uh, plexiglass that's uh, only like an eighth of an inch thick, like super thin, and basically buy a strip of it and then heat it and bend it so that I can make a removable substrate dam for the front of the vision cage. Because the front of the vision cage, the dam that's already there is only about two and a half inches. And I would like to get at least four inches of dirt in there. Mm -hmm. So if I get a plexiglass front, you know what I mean? It won't be as aesthetically pleasing as not having it. But at least I'm able to pack more dirt in there and right. have a, a drainage layer. Because I figure I'm going to do uh, the ceramic bioballs in the bottom, um, do some organic soil, maybe a little ABG with some sphag in there, and then put the sod on top and just kind of press it all down. Um, and I, th I think it's going to work. Um, and my worst case scenario, the grass dies, who cares? You see the grass in that photo, it's all brown anyway, you know? So if it dies, it'll still look cool. And if mm -hmm. it gets gross, I can always just gut it and put more sod. You know? How much ABG are you thinking you're going to need? Uh, not a lot. I don't know. Maybe like a, a, a cricket bags worth maybe. 
just to give the just to give the the organic soil something else you know well i asked because it's stupid expensive and i found out that you can pretty much get all the same ingredients and make your own for way cheaper and you make damn near a lifetime's worth but yeah if you don't need that much then maybe it's not worth it but yeah i got to a point with frogs where i just made my own yeah and that's what henry's doing with the king cobras (laughs) because you know, Henry's having a, a 10 foot enclosure built as we speak. He's having it designed and built. And he's going to need about 80 to 120 pounds of ABG. That's a lot. I'll have, to, I'll have to send him my recipe. Yeah. So he has, he's been making his own. Um, so he has his own recipe. I'm sure he would love to hear yours, Justin. But he's actually looking for wholesale, like landscaping companies that can essentially i mean because that's a lot of 50 that's it's at least four or five 50 pound bags you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's a lot so yes it's not as lot and yes it's not as much as like a landscaping company where they you know bring a backhoe and dump a, a five foot tall mound of dirt in someone's yard it's not the same as that but from a, a, a hobbyist standpoint that's a lot of dirt so uh I'm doing it on a very small scale. So if I had to spend the money on some ABG, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Trevor King asked, is there sustainable? Is there a sustainable market for chicks as a food source for reptiles? Asking because I built a large capacity chicken incubator and I have relatively a relatively large breeding stock. So thinking about hatching and mass for local herbers. Uh, there 100% is. I think the only stipulations are things that you'll have to, that will be sort of the logistical part of it is making sure that they're getting a nice rounded out diet. Um, so you have healthy feeders and then a way to euthanize them humanely and as quickly as possible, ideally. And then freezing and vacuum sealing. I mean, that's what I do with my mice. Um, I gas mine with CO2. I freeze them completely and then I bag them up and vacuum seal them. Cause I find that when you, if you just kill them off and then throw them in a vacuum bag and then seal them, you get this giant ice brick of mice when you thaw that bag out. So I freeze them first, then bag them, and then they're all individually separated, I guess, when you go to, when I would open that bag, they're all, they come apart easy. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had a better, like a local source for, for frozen chicks that I, you know, knew were fed a nice healthy diet. Cause I definitely like to change it up and give my animals some of that kind of stuff more often. You can buy them like I've looked at them at from like Perfect Prey and some of the other semi like the regional uh, frozen food suppliers for as far as mice and stuff. And you can buy chicks from them. But, you know, as like with shipping and stuff with frozen uh, feeders, it's it's painfully expensive. So I don't know. I'd like to locally find a uh, find an option if I could. But. I guess it also depends on where you are and how big the sort of the demand is in that area. Oh, there you go. He said he's in my neck of the woods, kind of. He said not really considering shipping just for local guys around Monk's Corner, Goose Creek, and Charleston. So that's right down the coast for me, or up the coast for me. Depends yeah, like on, I said, it's just dieting, you know, diet, making sure they're they're just really well fed, like high quality, 
quality feeders, I know, is what a lot of people are now kind of, that's I'm noticing sort of a trend, at least within our little circle. Um, like the quality of the feeders is starting to matter a little more. You know, people want stuff that doesn't look rough. You know, when they thaw it out, they want stuff that isn't covered in crap. They don't want stuff that's, you know, they just, I take my feeders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shipping with dry ice and stuff is a whole like set of red tape and stuff that I don't have any desire to deal with. Which bums me out because I literally breed for all of like you and Phil, like you, Billy, Brats, Cox, all those guys. Like if I if I could figure out a way to ship to everyone, I'd I'd totally breed just for us. But unfortunately, I'm not dealing with that. I love you, but I don't love you that much. Well, it would be easy for me and Cox, but Billy and Jake, <laughs> there'd be a lot of rodents, pal. I told Jake that if he ever needed any, let me know, and I, haven't, I don't hear from him. So I saw him at the gas station the other morning. I thought that was pretty funny. I rolled up, and he was standing there on the curb smoking a cigarette. <laughs> was he pumping gas? I was like, look who it is. No, he was, he was just leaving. He had to get something or I don't know but was he leaning on a shovel no he wasn't his work truck though oh okay good enough good enough so just going back to decor stuff so I started thinking what about Ooh, hold on yes, other thought yes for the for the grass so you were talking about foam are you talking about like floral floral foam like the yeah. green stuff yeah it's some great Get great stuff. Make yeah, you a see, plate. Make a plate out of cardboard. Okay. Put your grass and then kind of, well, you could either make your rock and spray it. And then as it starts to kind of get a little, little stiffer, put that plant in there. And that thing ain't going anywhere. You wait for that to dry. And then you can cut it and form it however you want to. And then what I did with dart frog cages is once I did that, uh, took like aquarium silicone. You can get silicone cheap at Lowe's. Right. Painted it and then took the eco earth or dirt and covered it like you were talking about with the. Uh, and it looks really natural. And then you don't have to worry about that plant coming out because once that stuff's set, it's it ain't going anywhere. Like that great stuff foam is no joke, man. That stuff is is forever. And see, I heard not to use the great stuff because it makes a mess and. You have to get a, a specific type of great stuff because they have different grades, I guess. And it was some of them were toxic. If I used them with frogs and never had an issue, yeah, you got a point. It's the red can. I got a red can sitting right over there. You get it to lose. It's like five bucks a can, and a, one can goes a long mm. way. Interesting. I'm just. It's nice because, like I said, you just take a knife and you literally just cut it almost like bread to however you want to make it look. Right, and then so I guess saying, if you wanted to add more, you could add more and then trim it again. Okay. So you're saying instead of using the styrofoam block, take a piece of cardboard, spray a clump of great stuff, let it get mm -hmm. hard, hardened, but not hard. Then it takes a the, while to set, but right. Yeah. Then will it's still malleable, put the plants in the fake plants, mm -hmm. then spray more and shave and do whatever. And then add my grout spray more if you needed to, if you needed to. Okay. But it's like I said, it's nice because you can like you could take a rubber band and bundle it all up so it doesn't all get in the way. Yeah. Um, 
and then that just like be. like I said, set it in, and I think that might be easier. The only thing is, like I said, you'd have to cut off the bottom so the cardboard isn't with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you could, maybe you could even add some rocks or something in the bottom of it just to give it some weight. Yeah, yeah. And that, that would keep be, it from being tipped over and stuff. That's actually a brilliant idea. And that actually segues to my next idea, which the great stuff might be better than what I was thinking. So we've all been herping or hiking or just at the park, and you'll see a stone that has a divot in it with a small pool of water, mm-hmm. right? So I had an idea of why don't I make, because I've made so many fake rocks with foam and grout. I was like, why don't I make a fake rock water dish? That way it looks like it's a, a, a naturally occurring divot in the stone where water would have moved yeah. and collected, but it's styrofoam and I could pick it up and throw it around, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I was talking to my, my buddy Chris and he was saying, he's like, dude, well, be careful because that the grout may be porous and depending on the brand or the, how much you put. And then the styrofoam is definitely porous. So um, about the water seeping in and building mold or algae or whatever. So then I was thinking about doing what Cody and Pia do where they have the water dish with a deli cup inside it. So I wonder. Right. And they just made the holder look more natural. Right. So now I'm thinking, why don't I do great stuff and then press in that, you know, that, that traditional small deli cup that we all know and love, press that in there, take it out, let it dry Right, and then have it so that you can get make it removable. And I could just put the deli cup in there. But here's the question: Yeah, that's really smart. Would the great stuff stick to the deli cup when I stick it in there? Um, probably. It's pretty sticky. Um, okay. And the thing is, and I learned like kind of what you want to do is to do your initial run of however much you want to do, and then wait a little while because it expands so much that you can put a little bit on there and think that it's not gonna expand a whole lot because i had like pieces of wood that almost disappeared because i'd sprayed so much in there that after it expanded it had almost covered up that wood entirely <laughs> so okay. it is it is gonna i mean you may want to i didn't have to use a whole lot i think i'm used maybe half a can on one of the exoterras like the smaller ones so it doesn't take a whole lot a little bit goes a long way but maybe get some like a, a little tester plant or something and try it out first and see sort of what you need to be how much you want to add and how much, you know, what looks like what after curing for 24 hours or whatever. Right. Um, just kind of play with a little bit, but so yeah, oil, spray oil. That's not a bad idea. I was just going to say Scott Iper to the rescue. I wonder if I did this, the, the great stuff. Right. And then, you know, dug out a little divot, whatever with my finger, hit it with some Pam and then took the deli cup and pressed that in there. And then the spray oil would make a barrier so it wouldn't stick to the deli cup per se. Yeah. Well, we're just going to have to experiment. So, when are you planning on doing it? Well, I've got, realistically, I got another two months. I want to do another two months of quarantine. So, I'd like to have the enclosures, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like to have the enclosures set up and ready to go <clears throat> by maybe beginning of July. Okay. Because I was going to say, if it's like post Daytona, I was like, we can play around with it if, when you come up here and yeah, experiment. Yeah. And- yeah. I mean, there's time we can. And like, honestly, if, if they just get a normal ass water dish for now, who cares? It's, it's, right. They don't care. It's all for me. It's for the aesthetics of me, you know, <clears throat> um, they, they're happy living in a shoebox. you know, as long as right. they got water and wrap ups, they're happy. 
Um, so then it goes to my next thing. <clears throat> Remember I was, Matthew was on a moss kick for a while? All right. So I started looking at all these moss videos, right? How to propagate your own moss. So apparently like there's the milk a, in the blender and the yes. Did we talk yeah. about this before? I don't think so. Okay, so you so there's what's called the buttermilk technique. So apparently you take your moss, whatever moss you want, and you very short and and finely pluck it apart, right? And you basically make moss powder, and you get a little dish and you pour some normal buttermilk in there, and you sprinkle the moss powder that you've ripped apart with your fingers into the buttermilk. And you mix it around, stir it up real, real good so it, all the particulates have blended with the buttermilk. <clears throat> and then you take a paintbrush and you paint that solution on whatever porous surface you want. So like what these like home garden people do is they'll get like a big piece of slate and they'll put like, you know, uh, uh, they'll, they'll put like John's house in this moss butter milk. And then the moss grows in the letters, right? So I thought, why not do that with like a terracotta pot and make my own hide cave that has stuff grown on it? That's mossy. And then I was, that's mossy. But then I was like, but moss is moss is awesome, but it ain't exactly the steppe lands of the Serengeti, you know? It doesn't look like I'm sure there is moss in the Transvaal, but it's not the, the look I'm going for for this mm -hmm. culture. But what if I did Chia Pet? Right? Cha 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 chia, right? So I was thinking the Chia Pet, the Chia heads that they sell, that's just un unglazed terracotta, you know? Right. So why don't I get some flower pot bases that are a little taller, take a drill bit for a ceramic drill bit, drill a hole in the top, right? A perfect hole. And then paint the thing in chia pet seed and let that grow. And now there's a hole in the top for the snake to go in a, a hole in the ground. It doesn't have that traditional hide cave look where there's a hole in the side. You know, it's more unique. And I could kind of wedge it in the, the dirt more, you know, or wedge it in the in the grass, whatever it is. And then the snake would naturally be like, oh, look, a hole in the ground. I'll go in there. You know, if I ever had to remove that because of, you know, cleaning or maintenance or whatever, I just take a snake hook. Stick a snake hook in the hole in the top, lift the thing up, the snake comes out, put the thing back down. You know? I say screw the terracotta pot, just do the Golden Girls Chia Pet in the corner. <laughs> just Bob, Bob Ross's head in the background with the hair. The only issue I see with that is the Chia Pets, I'm pretty sure, are grooved in the top to be able to hold those seeds. I don't know how well they'll stay on like a smooth surface, so to speak, if that makes sense. Well, uh, I haven't, I, I'll be honest, I've never done a Chia Pet, but from looking at the pictures and stuff, it's almost like the oh, soil is like, I know, I know. I've, it almost looks like the soil is like tacky. I mean, someone who's done one in the group, please feel free to chime in and comment. Um, but basically, because those Chia, the bust, the head bust is round. And yeah, there is some kind of groove there, but you're still applying soil to the outside of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking on YouTube right now at a 30-second video. Yeah. I'm curious, because I've never done one either, at least not since I was but, but a boy. I don't think I've ever actually done one. I mean, maybe they're just taking some soil, like just straight up potting soil and just mixing it up and painting it with that. Yeah, maybe. 
But I'm looking at one that's like a, a little pig, and it's got grooves in it. Okay. Looks like they're painting it with like jelly. Hmm. Or just plant the damn chia seeds. What, just in the tank? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but I want it on the cave. I want to make I want to make a hide that is accessible with plant growing out of it, you know? That's why I thought maybe like a flower pot basin of some kind. Well, I wonder too if there's some way you could score the terracotta to basically have those little ridges. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh you know like the the small picks and like dental picks and tools that they use for uh, guys and gals that yeah. do pottery at home. Yep. I wonder if I could take that scraper tool and just Probably. scrape and score it and just scratch it up, mm -hmm. you know, and give it something to do. So I actually was thinking about... Or if do... something as simple as, like, sandpaper. Like, maybe if you just sandpapered yeah. it to where there's just enough, enough like, surface, like, yeah. something for the, the, the medium to grab onto and hold onto, that might yeah. be able to do the trick. I don't know. Yeah. Henry said... <laughs> Make a high with great stuff, score that, and put chia seeds in it. Yeah, I guess that could work too. I, I, I did that. Like when I had the frog tanks, I put the little, I put little pots. Like, yeah. Not the not like full pots, but like little neti pots. They're the little, yeah. um, like the ones people use for uh, hydroponics. Right. I have the little slits in them all around, mm -hmm. and I just put those in there with the uh, with the great stuff, and then planted plants straight in there, and they grew fine. Because my my thought when I did that was like you know isn't the chemicals are off gassing from the great stuff going to kill the plant, but plants grew fine. Plants did great actually in it. Okay. The other thing too is uh, uh, my buddy Chris was showing me, they have these bulbs with a stem that comes out the top. Almost looks like an upside down Turkey baster, right? And the bulb is some kind of organic material that you plant the bulb in your pot and then you pour water down that stem and it slowly leaches out into the topsoil. Yeah, yeah, the aqua bulbs. Aqua, okay, aqua. I, I don't know anything about this, man, so forgive me. For As my, seen on my, TV, my, sold them at Walgreens like hotcakes. Really? Elderly women were all about them. So I thought about even putting a couple of those in the enclosure just for... Uh, that way I don't have to pour water on top of the sod, you know. But then I was also thinking, if I'm misting it regularly. Well, if you have a false bottom, it's just going to drain out into the false bottom. The, you mean the bulb? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I think it re relies on capillary action and, like, that that soil becoming saturated to the point to where that water stays in the bulb as until it's needed. So if you just have a false bottom in there, I think it's all just going to come right out and into the bottom. Okay. Okay. Duly noted. So yeah, so that's my my plans for at least for the rinks. Um yeah, I have a couple other ideas, some other stuff, but I, I, I dude see this is why another reason why I love our group of individuals, I love our watchers, our listeners, our followers, because these people are giving us great giving me great ideas. You it's know what would be really cool, about. too? If you took a piece of driftwood and painted yeah. it with chia seeds, just like a couple lines with yeah. the chia seed mixture and let that grow out, that would look pretty neat. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. It would almost be like Javan Moss in the aquarium. Yeah, because yeah, like in the past, we've taken uh, Javan Moss and green uh, sewing twine or sewing thread, and you just take the moss, you tie it with the sewing thread to the, the driftwood, then you, when it submerges, by the time the thread has disintegrated from being in water that long, the moss is already adhered and growing on the wood. So yeah. I imagine it would look very similar to that. So I don't know. I think building, like the the building of, of setups like this, is is a ton of fun, and it's just the fact that you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. As much as I think it's cool that I'm going to do like this rock water dish and this cave and everything. And and you, yes, Cox, 100%, I have watched Serpent Design. Need, yeah, that guy does some really yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, amazing work, amazing work. His stuff is phenomenal. But all this stuff, I'm most excited about the, the freaking sticker on the back of the cage, like the fact that I have, I'm going to have pictures of the real ecosystem. Like, I'm just enamored with that. So it's awesome. I'm so excited. So it's pretty sweet. Anxious to see what you come up with. Yeah. I will be right back. Make trees out of PVC pipes. I've heard of the Zupoxy stuff. Uh, I've heard a couple of people talk about it and they really like it. But I have yet to use it myself. I don't have a need to use it anymore. I don't keep that stuff. But I will say, uh, so the Bee City Zoo and the Edisto Island Serpentarium have some really cool corn snake setups that are look like an old barn, like with sand and pine needles as the substrate, and then like old, just reclaimed wood and old, like rusty looking tool parts and hooks and stuff like you would see in an old abandoned barn. And they have a setup that. It, it looks so cool. I want to do one of those so bad. I just don't know. Like, I want to do something sort of taller rather than wider. But I think that would be a really cool setup. And then it'd be cool to do sort of a desert setup for the uh, for the for some of the bairds. Like a rocky outcrop sort of like rock cut style sort of deal. Because I feel like 100% bairds would use those. Like, they'd, they'd be out and about. PVC for the structure of a tree, then coat with epoxy, rigid like wooden paint to match. Yeah, that's cool. I'm trying to think. So maybe it's either Keith McPeak or James Opdow. They do something for the Bowellens pythons or Bowlands, for those of you who say it that way. Uh, they do something similar where I don't know what they made it out of, but it looks very realistic, but they have access to it. Um, so I don't know exactly how he's doing it. But what's up, Kevin? Use lead-free PVC. I didn't know that PVC had lead. Phil, did you know that PVC had lead? I'm gonna make sure he doesn't lick it. Hello. He lives. You didn't talk the entire time I was gone? Nope, it's dead silence. You're kidding. I am kidding. Good. Um, 
I need to get a new Venom life hat so bad, dude. Every day I look at mine, I'm like, that thing's getting all faded and it's got to happen. I can't. I just had a, like, I'm really good about keeping my hats nice and clean because I'm just I'm a total not. hat junkie. But I have like those three or four hats that I just abuse. And this has become one of those hats that I abuse. And like, I sweat and it's so bad the other yeah. day. And I was like, oh man, it's going to turn colors. It's going to bleach out. Dude, it's still holding true, man. I'm stoked. Mine held up for a long time. Like I said, it's just starting to get discolored and stuff. Cause I also leave it on my dashboard most of the time. Mm. So all that That's, sunlight and stuff. Is, yeah. 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 It's to be expected. <sighs> Can't wait to get some West Texas dirt on it. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'm terrified of the plane ride already, but I can't wait. Dude, it won't be that bad. The um like there's something about being in a tin can thirty thousand feet in the air that I have zero control over that just uneases me. Well it's unsettling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've been lucky enough to do it a lot in my life. No, and that's my problem is like I've flown to Hawaii when we lived there and back when we left. So that's it. Yep. And how old were you when this happened? Nine, eight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I was flying since before I could walk. Whenever Pokemon so. Yellow came out for Game Boy, because I remember that's what my parents gave me for the flight as a present. Nice. Nice. 99, 2000, something like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Scott makes a good point. I would take a Benadryl, but I know that's going to leave me just all out of it all, you know, the rest of the day. It's just, Look, man. Benadryl it, just it, takes it out of me, man. How, it's not going to be that bad of a flight because yeah, I know. Layover in Atlanta? Layover in Dallas. Dallas. You're wow, that's stupid. So you're going what Charleston to Savannah. Oh, you're so you're going Savannah to Dallas, Dallas to San Antonio. That's stupid. Look, this is what you do. Just have like two hey, or three. Hey, Jason. So just have two or three of those little bottles of Jameson the minute you sit down in your seat, and life will be grand. It's not like you gotta drive anywhere anywhere to get to Texas anyway. You know? Because you're arriving like early in the morning, right? Yeah, I land at 10 a.m. So okay, which is good because I'm gonna I'd... try and get my equipment together, and uh, you know, Stone and I were talking about possibly doing an, a second vehicle. So I mean, we're still up in the air talks about that. But um, oh, okay, I yeah, I meant to ask about that because now that there's six, yeah, it's it's we'll 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 talk about that later on because nothing's set in stone yet. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, Are we gonna get those yeah, Rob Stone if, shirts made before we go? Oh, 110 percent. I'm visiting Billy the week before we go away, so I'll make sure that we get those shirts made. 110 percent. I mean, it's got to take uh, up like the entire shirt. Just... Yeah, yeah, hands down. Yes, um, Cox, I am. So, yeah, any any of those logistical things I have to take care of, I'm gonna try and bang that out. Before anyone else gets there, essentially. So, I mean, what time do you land? Uh, I'm supposed to get in, I think, around one ish, one fifteen. Yeah, it looks like everyone's around one o'clock. I, I tried minutes. to, I tried to do it uh, around the same time as everyone else. 
So okay, that good, way, good. no, that way everyone wasn't waiting around for me to land at like 6 p.m. Because that was yeah, why I was also yeah. trying to figure out, uh, you know, leaving. Like I didn't want to schedule a flight super early so that everyone had to get up and take me to the airport and then sit around for five hours until their flight left. So. Yeah, I asked my dad to take me to Fort Lauderdale Airport that morning, and he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, wait a minute. You're taking an early flight? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you never take an early flight. I see you at 4 a.m., Pops. And he's like, what time do you need to be at the airport? And I said, well, realistically, between 4.30 and 5. And he says, yeah, um, uh, Uber. So, yeah. But it'll be good, man. I actually just uh, I was looking to get in some some new travel clothes, some new herping clothes. Uh, so one of the companies that I sell in my store is called Vertex. Um, it's actually Vertex, and uh, they're world renowned for their uh, paramilitary equipment and, and backpacks. Is their is their real mo? Um, their backpacks and their travel bags are just phenomenal. Uh, secret compartments. Uh, Molly webbing gear, the entire friggin' internal is all Velcro. And then they sell all these different attachments that you just slap in spots. Um, and then depending on where you're going or what you're doing, there's also uh, specific compartments for body armor. So that if you had to use it in a uh, particular set of scenarios, uh, you could have either soft armor or hard armor, you know, rapidly installed in the, in the backpack or in the, the attache bag or whatever. So I actually have two bags from them that I'll be bringing. One of them is their Gamut Overland, which is the largest backpack that they make. Um, I've been traveling with it for about two years now. Nothing crazy, just you know, uh, road trip type stuff, <clears throat> some local herb trip stuff, and uh, it's more space than I could ever expect. Um, there's I have no one of those bug out bags, and I could fit in that damn thing. Oh, you have like a, like a burlap sack with a flap on top. Yeah. Dude, that thing is huge. So fit any of my hooks, though. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I have I'm I have other things for that stuff, but for my actual travel, my personal effects, um, I have that Overland bag from Vertex, and uh, yeah, Bill knows what's up, and uh, their stuff is it's breathtaking. Uh, even if you're not in the tactical realm of things, they're phenomenal bags. The uh, the stitching, the the seams. The zippers, the ties, uh, everything is convertible, movable, fastenable. So, like, there's a flap on the front that if you had to put a helmet in there, whether you're doing, you know, uh, mountain climbing or you're doing some zip lining stuff or bicycling or mountain biking, it has a helmet section that you could tie off the helmet. Um, there's Molly webbing on the outside. So, like, I have flip flops with Molly tabs on them. So, I just hook the flip flops on the outside of the bag. Uh, and it's expandable too. So, I can have a compartment for my dirty or soiled clothes and then I have a compartment for, you know, clean stuff or, or a separate compartment for wet stuff. Um, you can expand uh, the straps themselves that are microporous fabric that are uh, not only breathable, but they're anti-mildew, anti-mold. So I can actually wash it with, you know, hand soap or whatever in the sink or, or in a bathtub, let it air dry and all the shit comes out of it. You just wipe away the, uh, the dirt. Uh, some of them have cummerbunds. I opt for no cummerbund because I'm a fat bastard and I don't want to have that thing bulkier on my midriff. But 
dude, Vertex is amazing. So I have another bag that I will roll up and put inside that bag. It's called um, the Last Call bag. And it's basically a single cavity dump bag. Portable so coffin. That, Portable body yeah, bag. Right, yeah. So uh, it's small. It's light. Um, it's It feels like canvas, but it's not. It's still a nylon and polyester material but it's a single cavity again completely velcro line and all their bags actually have a uh, a velcro in retainer for a laptop or a large ipad or notebook or something like that so you have all that storage they also have bladder compartments so if you opt to do like where you put the body armor in the back of it you don't have to do that there's a tab on the side you can put a, a bladder in there a camelback feed your hoses out the top and then there's buckles and snaps on the actual straps of the bag to accommodate the you know mouthpiece, whatever you want to call it. I'm gonna so, take a camel pack and I'm gonna fill it up with bang. Do it. Amino acids, baby. Rock and roll. So so aside from their backpacks, Vertex makes some amazing clothing as well. Uh, a lot of quick dry stuff, uh, a lot of new materials. Um, uh, basically they have a new material called 37.5, which uh, it's feels like under armor. It's super soft and super breathable, but in heat conditions, it doesn't wick the moisture away because then you get dehydrated. It basically Mm -hmm. makes a barrier, keeping the moisture there, but not on you so you're wet and sticky with like a wet shirt, wet cotton shirt. However, if you're cold, it's going to condense, not condense, excuse me, it's going to shrink up, if you will, and keep you warmer. So it amazing materials um and then they also have uh the pants are phenomenal these are probably the best pair of shorts i've ever worn in my entire life uh depending on the pair of pants the pair of shorts i think it's anywhere from like nine to 14 pockets all the pockets are like triple seam stitched um they're all open top they're all contoured and curved so that you don't have to like fish your fingers in there if you're sitting in the car uh dude just amazing stuff so i would i would definitely tell anyone whether you're you're in the tactical, cool, tactical, tactical stuff. Tactical. Tactical, or you just want some cool hiking equipment and camping stuff. Vertex makes some amazing stuff. So, yeah. And this, oh, Mike, yeah. Mike's comment of there's such a thing as herping clothes made me laugh because the joke's on you. I, I herp naked. So, that's good. Y'all are in for Nature's an when I hop out that car. Ah. That's right. I do it. It's called primitive herping. Yeah. You have a just a, you have a, just a, a dull stick, and that's it. I won't even wear my glasses because I'm head to toe legit. Nice. Here, no phones at sixty four, man. I'm head to toe legit. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What kind of gun is that? I don't know its name. I only know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. <laughs> All right, you're so the, you're the Millie Vanilli of Patriots. <laughs> you're the Millie Milli Patriot. So here's Vertex. Um, the cool thing about Vertex is because they sell to a wide assortment of government and paramilitary organizations, the colors and styles. Said I was afraid, Bill. <laughs> the colors and styles are never the same every year. So if you like that green hoodie right there, Look at that guy. He's ready for Jason Bourne. He's ready for anything. But here's the thing. So like that orange bag right there. Next year, that orange bag will never exist. So it's cool that they have these limited colors, these limited patterns with really nice 
attributes to them, but it's never the same thing every year. So they're, they're always innovative. They're always changing. Um, How much are those backpacks? Just, About 500 bucks? No, no, no. Nothing that crazy. So here you can see. Oh, just 300. It depends on the bag. You know, so like that last call I was telling you about, that last call I was telling you about, it's 169. So, and essentially you have just one large cavity in the middle with plenty of space. All of this material here, this is all Velcro, actual patent Velcro. So anything that's hook, hook and loop style will stick to it. Uh, they have these expandable clasps so that I can actually make the front pouch larger if need be. The stitching is is incredible. There's your bladder hose. Them things ain't got nothing on LL Bean. You know, and the, the colors are pretty awesome. So, like, I own this one. This is tobacco. Naturally, mm -hmm. I, I had to get the tobacco color. You know, me and tan. Um, but then they also have more <laughs> modern stuff. <laughs> what? Nilsson, I assume Naked and Fred was referring to the co-host one of each. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i do so, have a low pro camera bag and i love it oh nice so i just I, I like this company because they're always coming out with innovative stuff the stuff that they make is extremely practical i can fit two one liter fiji water bottles on the sides here <laughs> now we're talking now we're getting and to white now we're talking years. yeah and here's the thing is i can get a bag like this and i can bring it to the office i can bring it to school or I could get something like this and be, you know, or, or like this and be outdoorsy. I like it. That's new for 2021. That's Justin's Transformer colors. Yeah, Trapper Keeper on my back. Um, and then the other bag that I have is the Overland. That one is legitimately shaped like a coffin. Yeah. On the left. So here's the Overland. And you'll notice that I still have that front compartment here i have side compartments but unlike most of the backpacks see like the zippers here right the compartment goes all the way down to here and all the way up to here so i can actually stash stuff up or down this compartment here this has a zippered pouch that's like for rapid use and then all of their main bags have an actual lift handle right here so this lift handle is reinforced uh like fake leather with like a double or triple stitching to it to support the full weight that's actually my bag the green the full so they're bag. perfect for fitting a human baby in their short notice. Yeah, or, you know, bags and bags of snakes. Baby snatching on the fly. Yeah. This is what I was talking about earlier with the sneakers and the shoes, water bottle. So this is my main bag that I use for damn near everything. But the clothing... Scott, clothing. why is that? He said, always remove the low pro logo, though. So, I mean, I'm going to get robbed. No. So, they used to have those low pro logos. Now, the, the, the pants and the shirts I just got have no logos on them at all. So, if someone is hip to the whole, you know, what you're wearing, what you're doing, that logo's gone. Um, but these pants, man, these pants are where it's at. Um, this. Do they have business casual? They do. So, like, this is the grip pan, right? Why is my computer freaking out? So, one, two, three, 
four, five, six pockets on each leg. And they're all thin and they're all, you know, seems a bit convenient. Excessive. Yeah, but it's really not because you have a, a purpose for each pocket. It just makes things easy. Um, and also they all have, I hate those pants. Hold on. That's not the one that I thought. The technical patent. So. This is more of your lightweight, but looks and feels like jeans. See here, you have a zipper on the side. So this zippered pocket actually is the entire size of this main pocket. But now I can zip that shut so that it's not easily pickpocketable. The back pockets all have flaps on the inside. So that if you do put your wallet in your back pocket, you can tuck the wallet up underneath that flap. So if someone goes to pickpocket you, they'll feel you will feel the resistance and it'll be harder for them to actually remove the item. You never have enough flaps. Yes, sir. So, Between anyway. The, one, the ones on my body and the ones in the pants, we should be good to go. Yeah. So, I will be using a lot of that for the trip um, as well as normal clothes because, yeah. Got to make sure you bring your fancy clothes in case we have a fancy dinner at Red Lobster or something. Uh, I do. I actually have a Vertex button-up. And see, Gendra knows what's up. Best pants in the world. Flat out. Better than True, better than true Gear and Blackhawk and 511 and all that. What about just... I plan on probably wearing shorts, honestly. Like really high ones. Like Daisy Dukes. Look, man, I'm all about the short shorts. Gotta real, have real men, real men wear short shorts. However, you're not gonna feel too good when you're walking through sagebrush and your legs are all scraped up and slashed up. And well, it's a matter of bleed calves. or sweat until I die. I'll take bleed. Okay. Do they have those damn cholo cacti out there? I believe so. Yes, they do. Ah, oh, shit. Maybe I will be wearing pants. Those we things are terrifying. That thing is my nightmare, dude. I told you about my professor friend and the whole chola. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bill said less pressure budget, more training budget. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. It's going to be that guy on the range that has, like, mm -hmm. you know, the freaking decked out AR that's worth, like, more than his house. And he doesn't know how to use it because he spent no money on training and all the money on the weapon. Yeah. Great. Now everyone's going to yell at me because I bought nice pants. Oh, cup of concrete, Scott. Jesus. I don't get it. And hey, Gendra, you own the pants. So I don't want to hear anything from you. All right. Just because you sponsor the show doesn't mean you can break my balls about pants. The breaking of the balls is my job. And and yes, Thomas, the thought had crossed my mind, but... <laughs> Rhodesian battle shorts. <laughs> but not for this trip. So. What's up, Joe? So, what are you... Uh, what are some of the gear stuff you want to talk about? 
I I don't know. Like I'm I'm already getting a little list together to make sure I don't forget anything. Right. You know, like we'll need reflective vests. Okay. Um like hooks. I'm probably gonna bring whenever my, my hook order from Get Hooked comes in. Um I'll probably bring like one of the smaller, like the Viper series hooks, the small ones. Right. And then one of my bigger ones. I don't think I'll be able to fit the field hook in my bag, depending on what size bag I use. Um, but I also don't see us really flipping much. I mean, it's just it's hard not knowing sort of what will like what's what will come in handy and what won't. Right, right. It's hard to gauge. So, well, I plan on bringing uh, the I have the travel hook. Um, so I, but I probably won't be bringing it. Um, Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Um, I probably won't be bringing the travel hook, despite its name, just because I'm bringing so many other hooks that it kind of it kind of be a waste of space for me to bring the travel. I hook. figured two was plenty because there's going to be probably yeah. twelve hooks on the whole trip. I was bringing that just for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but if I was only bringing one or two hooks, then yes, I would definitely bring the travel hook. I'll probably bring the uh, the Phil Wolf hook, if you will. Um, oh. I'll definitely bring that because that's my go-to. Um, I have a black Zeagle that I'll probably bring as a backup. And then I have a field hook from Zeagle. And then I'll probably bring uh, the M1 Tongs too. Uh, I don't foresee needing to bring a Neonate hook because I mean, I'm pretty good with using a normal hook for, for really small stuff. Um, but... I may I bring it. It might come in handy, and it's not going to take up any yeah. space. You know? Yeah. Why not? And uh, any small leps or something. Well, I'm also bringing uh, rubber-tipped hemostats, as well as um, I'm debating on bringing a probe set. I think it's kind of overkill, uh, but I didn't know what kind of notes or measurements or whatever the guys wanted to take. And I imagine if they did, they bring their own equipment like that. Uh, but I will be bringing rubber-tipped hemostats for some of the smaller stuff. Um, and then I'll probably bring the Midwest Pro Bagger, even though I probably will never, ever freaking use it. I figure it's not that big, and I might as well just throw it in there. That is yeah. one thing. I Like, we have a head torch here at the house, and we use it a lot, but I kind of hate it. So if I, I do want to invest in a, a nice, strong one. <laughs> like, I want to be, I want people to be able to see my head from space. Yeah, I'm going to be bringing three torches, two handhelds, one head, and each one is 650 lumens. Um, and they're all, uh, they all take CR123 batteries, or they'll take a double unit lithium that's U micro USB recharge. So if we're driving, I can literally charge the batteries while we're driving. I'm going to bring one of those ones that you shake. A little yeah. crank. Yeah, like with a radio inside it, you know, for hurricanes. And then, Mike's you know, question. what I have, uh, so I have one of those little, it's a battery pack. Let me see if I can find it. What the hell's the name of that thing? I don't know if I can actually bring this on the plane or not. So I would imagine probably not. I'm just, uh, What? 
is it called? Noco. That's right. This little thing's awesome, man. This thing has saved my ass a lot of times. Whoops, wrong button. Damn it. Ba, 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 ba. And 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 yes, Scott, less is best. Um, I most of the time when I go herping, I bring literally a bottle of water and a hook, and that's it. Um, but I would rather, since I am, you know, bringing X amount of gear, I figured I might as well bring more just in case something happens. Somebody's luggage, God forbid, gets lost or, you know, I lose a hook or something. I'd rather just have it, leave it in the vehicle, you know? So I have one of these guys and I've had to jump my car with it and strangers cars multiple times and it works really well. Holds a charge forever. It has lights on the end of it. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's something that I found I'd rather have and not need and need and not have. And it stays right. in my car pretty much all the time. It's been a big help during hurricane season, like to charge my phone and stuff. Um, holds a charge forever. You can get a handful of like jumps out of it, out of a full charge. Now, how big is that thing? Um, probably about as like as long as my case and okay let me get rid of that so about as so long like, as this and size of like a wi-fi router it's yeah i don't about the size of this this here notepad okay that's not that bad yeah i mean they're they're not big i just like i said I, because it's a, a lithium ion i don't know if that will uh oh yeah you won't be able to bring that yeah, I don't think I'll be able to bring that. So, uh, I thought about bringing my camera. I think I decided not to just because one of the other guys will have a camera. I'm probably not going to feel like breaking it out every, you know, constantly and, and taking pictures and stuff. And I have my phone, so I'll just use that. I'm thinking I'll use my... Palamas hook because I feel like I kind of almost have to like it was made for that kind of stuff yeah. it was and it's that got the it reflective was. tape so I can find it if I lose it it's true it does <clears throat> there you go Scott says well, he just uses a stick well, Scott's amazing. We're we're not amazing. That's the difference. Plus, I like my gadgets. Let me play with my hook. But yeah, man, it's gonna be a hell of a time. Hell of a time. We could not see a single living creature and I'll still have fun. Agreed. Agreed. So I just I my my biggest worry is like if we're out road cruising super late me being able to hang because you know me clock strikes midnight grandpa's got to go to bed yeah but you just sleep in the truck you know what i mean but then i'll miss all the cool stuff it's your own problem it's gonna pop like four hydroxy cut <laughs> jesus remember yeah. when uh, anna nicole smith used to do those videos oh it's just caffeine pills. 
if you look Ugh. at the active ingredients, it's literally just caffeine and a ton of it. And they're like, cuts fat. No, it just makes you have to piss constantly. And yeah. Mike says that we need to do a live podcast while we're there. I know for a fact that uh, we will be doing some NPR action. And oh, like really? To, we will be doing some NPR action. And uh, I don't know how much of it, but we will be. And uh, I assumed that we may have a short Snakes and Stogies while we're there, whether it be 30 minutes or so, just to say hi and, you know, make some memories. That was another thing, is I wasn't sure if I should bring my computer or not. Well, I figured um, if you weren't bringing a computer, I was going to bring mine. And then... Um, like your 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 hand me down? No, I was going to bring the brand, the brand the new, new one because it's, yeah, it's so small and light. Um, and uh, I figured even if we just use the internal microphone and the internal camera, we I figured we'd skip the Monday night snakes and stogies, and then Thursday night do a you know THP live and just do yeah. That. yeah. So that but again, I was only going to do that if you weren't bringing yours. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't have like a hard shell case to put it in my bag because my I am paranoid about putting it in my bag and then thirty other super heavy ass fifty pound bags going on top of it. Well, you're not gonna you wouldn't bring on your carry on. Well, that would make too much sense, Phil. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Making me look like a moron, Phil. <laughs> Just don't forget the power cord because I've done that. And then you're finding a friggin' Walmart in Tucson at three in the morning going, I can't download these pictures. Uh... I don't have to worry about that because I got the Google Drive. I can just put all the pictures in there. How are you going to get them off the camera? Upload them straight from my phone into the Google Drive. There's an app. Yeah, but so you're saying that you have the the camera Bluetooth to the phone? No, just use my phone. Oh, you're just using your phone. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Duh. Duh. Now I look stupid. Oh, we're so analog. I love it. <laughs> just bust out a disposable camera in the middle of the trip. Be like, hold on, guys, hold on. Yeah, make it look good. Yeah, right? What are they, those party cameras? Make it pose. <laughs> You're the ones. Yeah, I the could, I, dude, I could totally bring one of those ones from the wedding. Yeah, you have some still. Oh yeah, dude, you need to bring like two or three of those, and just do like, like that just one's shots. that one's reusable. You just it's it's just like the old Polaroids. You put the little stacks of film in it. Oh it yeah. Oh dude, we gotta do that. Gotta do that, and then we can make like a little photo book. Oh, we can scrapbook. We can scrapbook, bro. These Polaroid. ones are actually Fuji film. That would be fun, though. I'm not going to lie. It would. It definitely would. But it's it's to me, it's kind of like going to a concert. Like You have all the people that insist on filming the entire thing, and so they spend the, the whole time watching the concert through their phone instead of just putting their phone down and watching the damn concert. Yeah, but you, you realize... Not everything has to be documented. Not everything has to be preserved. Like You can also just enjoy the moment and the time that you're spending there. Yeah, but we're going on a photo safari, like for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? 
So I'm like, not going on a photo safari. I'm going on a herpet trip with my buddies, dude. Yeah, but I'm saying is the whole point is to find the animals and I take pictures of them. Okay, that's your point. I'm always messed up because I'm the guy that's like, there's no time to stage that photo. Just get a picture of it on the road. Who cares? It's on pavement. You know, fuck your lighting. Let's go to the next one. And that's, that's like, the other reason I don't want to really want to bring my cameras. Like I know it'll like fidgeting with, with white balance and ISO and all the settings and aperture and stuff like that. And then everyone's trying to like get in the car and keep moving. Well, I, just, I imagine I'd rather just take my phone out and be like, cool rattlesnake click. Let's go. Yeah. But see, I, I, that, I know it for a fact. I won't do that. We're going to, I'm going to have to put the baseball hat on top of it. We're going to have to have the hemostats. Okay, three, two, one. Put the baseball hat back down. Like, I know that's what's going to happen, which I'm okay with. It's fun. Plus, this this takes, like, this has a nice 64 megapixel, like, ability on it. So, yeah. if I, like, I've used that for pictures for the magazine. I just put on the highest yeah. res setting and just taking pictures, you know, and use that. So Sure, sure. The focus, I, like I, I do hate this phone because the focus on the camera on this thing is so frustrating because I can never get it to cooperate unless it's on like one of the really low sent, uh, low settings. Um, I, so I don't know, but I may end up just throwing it into the desert. <laughs> I'm probably going to bring my gimbal too, just because it is small and I can just stash it in the side of my bag and uh, try and get some, some B rolls and, you know, for, Venomous videos, or for this, or whatever, just get some B-roll mountainscape, and maybe some some uh, animal and landscape together shots with video, like panning and some sunsets. Because I'm, I'm I'm a total nerd for sunsets. So. Okay. Yep, I love it. I yeah, that is why I have the fancy camera. But fancy camera is a whole other bag that I got to lug around. Yeah. And I don't feel like lugging. Yeah, yeah. Because then I have that panel light, which the battery on that doesn't last very long, and that's that takes up a ton of space. It's just to me, it's I'm just gonna, I don't know. I'm there to, it's a vacation. I'm there to enjoy it, you know. Yeah, man. Plus, if I have the camera, that's less space for cigars. And I mean, let's be honest, that's the most important. Like, I'll take yeah. cigars before I take underwear. <laughs> I use manual mode too, Miguel, but like I said, like when you're dealing in the dark like that and having to get everything tuned in and you got a spazzy ass Aatrox trying to get away and headlights and bodies and it's just to me it's just not it's too much trouble. There will be a camera, I'm sure, between the six of us. There's gonna be a lot of cameras. Naked, smoky, and afraid. There you go. That's exactly where it'll be. Nice, nice. And you know what I was just thinking? Bill, I know that you've got some cry precision pants in your drawer somewhere that somebody gave you. I know you do. So don't make fun of me for my $100 pants when you've got like $700 pants. I know, I know you've got them. And I do expect pictures of said pants later on. With you wearing them, obviously. Yes. Yes. See you later, Dallas. So, 
what cigars i don't i don't know what to bring cigar wise i don't know what to do with my hands um dude it doesn't are matter you, what are you bringing are you bringing some yeah i'm gonna bring my my little gecko case i have when i bring to the daytona i'm just gonna bring a hodgepodge or whatever I just wasn't sure how many you were going to bring because I was going to bring probably at least a box. Well, I figured this. Uh, it's going to be... And I can't bring a torch, so we're going to have to find a torch at a gas station or something while we're out there because you can't take a torch on the planes. Really? Oh, yeah. Dude, TSA will take that shit in a heartbeat. You're kidding. Nope. No torches at all. Wow. All You can bring matches. You can bring Bix. Anything windproof or strike any, you know, strike anywhere matches, torches, they, no. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to like five Saturday. cigars a day. It's like six days, so. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Um, so. I'm the, American, gonna, Thomas, the American Airlines website said it just this flat out says no to torches. It doesn't say anything about it being checked or carry on. Obviously, carry on's a no go, but so I don't know. I'll probably fill the box with whatever I've got. And realistically, I probably won't smoke the whole box. So let's, let's figure I'll probably bring 12 or 15 cigars and probably only smoke maybe six or seven. What? Yeah. You out of your mind? Dude, it's going to be the fucking desert. It's going to be hot. You know what I mean? I mean, I am going to want to feel like Clint Eastwood, so I probably should smoke some cigars. I don't want to come back. I don't want to even come home with any. I want to bring a box, and I want them all to be gone, even if it's just me. I want to get freaking nicotine poisoning like it's Daytona. Well, then, well, then you buy a box, and I'll just smoke yours. No, because you'll smoke them all. But yeah, you said you wanted to smoke the whole box. That way you're not going to die of nicotine, and I'll get to smoke them for free. Anyways, Mike said, what species are we most looking forward to finding? Obviously, Baird's rats are at the top of the list. <clears throat> for everybody. Sure, I'll, I'll say for everybody. Baird's rats, number one. Subox, number two. Leps or well, let's put Alterna ahead of Leps. Let's be honest, Alterna are cooler. Um, <laughs> I know you're lying. Bairds, Subox, Alterna, Leps, whatever else we come across. Try Mark on. They have those. Oh yes. I guess oh, they do. Yes. Um. It would be cool yeah. to see a liar snake too. Like a hundred percent, I want liars. Liars would be at the very close to the top for me. Hundred percent liars. Ornate rattler. I got. Did 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 you see my my baby cyania bite? Look, right I don't want. I don't want you to look. You're making a mockery of something that you protest on the regular. It is, but here's here's okay. So, subox and lepidus. There we go, Middleton. I completely forgot they even had lizards. Uh, so yeah, bandy geckos are also on the list. 
Yeah, banded geckos, earless lizards, uh, horn toads, um, scorpions. I want to find some diplocentris. Dude, yeah, I are want, we bringing a black light? I have two black light flashlights. Oh, do you? Of course. I figured you had some. I just wasn't sure if you had something. Hell yeah. I want to find diplocentris in the wild. Be cool to find some centroides. I want to hold it in my hand. I want to pet it and get a picture, and then I'm going to let it go. And not get stung. (laughs) So, side note, I was popping the cyania clutch the other night, and I got bit on the palm, but I did not get, like, bit, bit. It was like a the small teeth, but not the big teeth bit. Okay. And I have 3.3 if I did everything correctly. Okay. I wasn't, you know, like when I talked to, to Chris over in Europe, I was like, how do you sex these things? He's like, oh, dude, I just pop them after their first shed. And I was like, how do you do that without breaking them? They're so small. Mm-hmm. They pop just fine, I guess. Yeah. Dude, dude. I love timber rattlesnakes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So look at this animal. Like, dude, the black head, the black, you know, the black top and the tail. Like, dude. So wait, what are the other, like the yellow black tails? So that's the same species? No, that's melosus. Oh, okay. They, they split. They used to all be melosus. Uh... And, then, and, then and then they split them in half. I got you. Yeah, so, so that is so Serpentarium has one of those, and that thing is like super irate all the time. Yeah, man. But where we're going is like that color. Mm. Like with that black face and the black tail. Like, oh, dude. It's going to be awesome. Like I said, bears are at the top of the list, man. If I see a bears, I'm just going to freak. It'll be cool, man. It'll be cool. Supposedly, here's what I don't understand. is I've heard from multiple places, read multiple sources that said that Bairds are like one of the rarest snakes to find in the States. Really? But I've also seen plenty of people that seem to find them on the regular. Okay. So I don't really understand why that... why they have that as the case. Like why uh, that's the... Maybe because... It's rare to road crews, but not to the guys that know where to go. Or the people on iNaturals that just find one in their backyard. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Lewis said he's only only found one. And he's another guy that's big into subox and stuff too. So. Yeah. I love my subox, man. I can't. Those things are so damn cool. My female, uh, that female wild rose pass is supposed to shed soon. I'm excited because when she sheds, boy, she's. So they have those H's, right? And they have like this little white dash in each like corner of the H, if that makes any sense. But the white on these is almost blue. And I feel like I can't pick it up in pictures, but it's straight up almost like a like a sky blue wow. with that orange and that. Yeah. Very cool. So. My girlfriend just texted me saying that she has to disagree. Uh, hold on, let me read you this. I'm going to have to disagree. You stage your photos. That's half the fun of it. And I, I, I don't think I see. I don't think that I stage my photos appropriately. 
I think I half-ass staged them. Because, like, me getting behind the snake and, like, getting it right and just is totally different than, like, us fucking with the thing for 30 minutes trying to pose it. You know, or, like, tiring it out so that we can pose it. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like that's staging. Which, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, me personally, I'm more like, okay, we've already spent eight minutes on this animal. Let's, we're burning daylight, you know? I so, don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, with, with some of those species, like Aatrox and stuff, man, it's, like, it's almost damn near impossible. Because you know how they, they're just, they're runners. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to tire them out. Tire them out, tire them out, tire them out, tire them out, tire them out. Just keep treadmilling them. And once they've finally realized that you're not going to eat them and there's nowhere they can go, then they'll sit still for a second. And that's when you get your picture. Sometimes it might be three minutes. Sometimes it might be 20. You know. Second most important question is, do we know if there's going to be a Chili's nearby? I'll, let me just look right now. Hang on. I honestly don't even know where we're going to be. I know we're going into San Antonio and then we're driving from there somewhere. I have no idea. Like you guys could be taking me out into the desert to kill me and murder me and hide my body. And I wouldn't know it. It would be a hell of an adventure. And then you'll just tell Katie that I got taken up uh, by a UFO. Okay. Hold on a second. Um, Use my current location. Let's just do this. Hang on a second. Chili's near me. What the hell is the zip code? Hang on. Doesn't even have one, probably. Okay, stand by. Standing. Entertain our people. So we're actually taking Phil out there to murder him, not the other way around. That is the most important question. Wild Rose Pass Chilies, Mount Davis Chilies, Big Ben Chilies. You're finding them right now? I don't know. I'm just naming off localities of some of the snakes. (laughs) One in Del Rio. It won't let me. All right, let's just go to Google. I'm being annoyed. Where were you going the first time? I was on Chili's website and it was frustrating me. All right, maps. All right, hold on a second. Zoom out. Here's a fun fact. If you put every human being shoulder to shoulder, everyone could fit in the state of Texas. Really? Yep, the entire world population. That's pretty awesome. Could fit in Texas. Doesn't that make you feel good, better about like the destruction of the planet? Knowing that we don't take up that much space individually? So... Destroy everything with our machines around us? Depending on, wow, there's only two chilies in all of West Texas. The beacon okay. of light in the mist, just like that movie. Uh, uh, the Mist? No, Legion. I didn't see it. So, 
What city one is this? Del Rio? We, yeah, that's what Lewis just said. There's one in Del Rio. Yeah, that's the that's the closest one to where we'll be, and it's still like four hours away. Oh God. Yeah. Now, now, I will say this. I don't know what. No, I, they can't be taking that road. I don't know what road Bender's going to want to take. He's probably going to take I-10 because it'll be fast. But if we hug the border of the country, we're going to get snatched up by cartel. Then we've seen we what can, they do to people on the internet. Then we can go to Chili's. Jason said we have to stop at a Mexican restaurant or steakhouse. Tex-Mex. I'm going to try to find my itinerary and see if there's a map. Hold on. Here's a self-fulfilling prophecy. What if yeah. we went to a Chili's and found a Baird's in the parking lot? So I've got chicken crispers in one hand, and I got a Baird's I just found in the other. That would be a monumental occasion. I could die a happy man. Dude, how great would that be? That would be the ultimate photo, right? <laughs> like the chili street corn in one hand and the Baird's in the other. Me just covered in butter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lewis said it's possible. Uh, where the hell is this link? Stone's going to listen to this tomorrow and be like, no, we're not going to fucking Chili's. It's four hours in the wrong direction. It's <laughs> <laughs> just saying, if there's one close by somewhere in the vicinity, I'd, I'd even if it's to go, I'd like to stop there. Uh, I can't get it. This stupid. It's, it's a non-issue. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I don't think y'all realize how much I love chilies. No one knows how much he loves chilies. Last time when I went with Irvin and Cannon when we were in Augusta, I ordered chicken crispers and then I added extra chicken crispers. You would. So good. Y'all don't know what you're missing. Uh-oh. Ruh-ruh-raggy. Phil's gone. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good trip. I've never been out there. Uh, in fact, West Texas is at the top of my list of places I want to go herp. So out of all the places in the world, West Texas is number one. Costa Rica is number two. Western Gats is number three. Uh, Jason said, would you do a Chili's tour, eat at a Chili's in every state? Of course I would. I don't know if I could buy a souvenir to everyone, but I'd steal like a piece of silverware or something. There he is. You're muted. Thank you. Uh... If there was no chilies, what would you order at an authentic Mexican restaurant? Tacos. <laughs> I'm basic as shit, man. Tacos, Tacos with lettuce and some cheese. That's it. That's all I need. I'm a happy. I'm a happy man.
we gotta find some some greasy spoon food trucks. Best Mexican food I ever had was from a food truck in a Marriott parking lot in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Wasn't even our hotel. It was great. We were just there. We were just there. I feel like for Daytona, like we have to. I feel like we we don't really experience all the the culinary achievements that Daytona has to offer. Choose your words wisely, bro. It's Daytona. Johnny Rockets is pretty good, though. It's still a chain restaurant. Is it? Yeah. It's like a, a friendlies, you know. Oh man, we had one of those here forever. Yeah. And during the summer, because they have like all the glass windows like around the entire building, you get so many tree frogs hanging out on those windows that while you were waiting for your food, you just sit there and watch them, and they just you watch them just take down bugs. Nice, nice. So my favorite memories as a child. Uh, Bill asked why San Antonio. You could fly into Odessa or somewhere if you're going just west texas i don't because everyone else is going to san antonio we're all convening there so there, there's there's a, a method to our madness i'm just being told where to go and that's where i'm going yeah san antonio is the hub you know the, the the entry and the exit um we're rendezvousing with some individuals we're traveling to some particular spots and uh it's it's a journey out to the west but there's a method of madness. So, yes, Mike, this is a, I, I think, one step ahead of food poisoning. And if it seems suspect, I avoid it. That is like, I'm, I'm super paranoid about food poisoning, dude. Like, ask Katie. Like, something sits in the fridge for more than like a day. I ain't touching it. I'm so weird about it. I don't know why. I just, nope. I just don't like leftovers. I like that too. I'm like, unless it's like pizza or something. Yeah. Nah, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, I mean, not exactly bill, but yeah. Bob rock says, says jump. I say how high dude. Cause I'll probably yeah. learn something from it. Bob Rock says jump. I say, is there snakes? He nods his head. I hop on one foot. <clears throat> We're making those shirts. You know what's funny is I'm probably going to be a mute like the whole trip. Why? Just like a carpet fest. I'm just going to be a wallflower. What do you mean a wallflower? How are you a wallflower in carpet fest? You literally went from <laughs> click to click to click to click. The first Mingle. year when me and Jake first went. I wasn't there for Not that. Not the case, I know. Okay. I'm sure you won't. Because, dude, it's not like they're strangers. You know it. Personally know everyone going on this trip. I know, but they're just too cool for me, man. <laughs> they're just dudes just like us. I'm just going to be riding around the car like, why am I here? No, it's going to be like, Wow. I'm here. What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two hour mark. 
sleeping? Yes. Um, I mean, I got. I don't know if you are, okay. but no, I'm good. I, I I I took a risk, and I was like, you know, it's an hour and a half in. I'm gonna go ahead and light up this Neanderthal, which I will most definitely be bringing on the trip. Oh yeah, because I feel like you can't be in the land of Roma and not smoke Roma. Yeah. How far are we gonna be from Austin? Far. Is it on like like the other side of the planet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so, you know, for someone who who has as many beards and stuff and keeps up with the localities as much as I do, you'd think I'd have at least somewhat of an inkling of the like general topography, topography of Texas. No, you know the topography, you just don't know where the fuck each town is. Because so. isn't isn't Houston like up top? Dallas is kind of in the middle. San Antonio's just below Dallas, and they're all still East Coast. <laughs> and we're gonna be down here, like I don't know. You're backwards, but you're good. Okay. You're, you're mirrored. See, there you go. I still hear of counties in South Carolina that I never even heard of. Like I hear about, really? it, I'm like, where's that? And I look it up, and I'm like, people live out there. Dude, I told you when I left your when I left your place from the wedding, and I was driving through Western South Carolina, and I crossed over into Georgia, and like. Dude, I felt like I was in the 1940s, and then I crossed. A, Especially out that way towards Augusta and stuff, dude. Dude, it, like, that place really hasn't changed in like 40 years. Dude, it looked. I felt like it was in the 1940s. Time machine. Time machine. You know, just post. You know, Great Depression. Like a Stephen and, King book. And then I cross a metal like suspension bridge, and it was 2021. You know, it's crazy. Oh, look at that. Hey. Oh, hey, actually, he sent me a Facebook message a few minutes ago, or maybe an hour ago. I don't know. I'm not paying attention. Something about a rattlesnake. Hold on. Facebook is taking forever to load. Man, that bear's clutch that I got in the incubator right now, it was a small clutch. It was only six, but... Those are probably some of the biggest, healthiest colubrid eggs I've ever seen in my life. Excellent. You're gonna hold, are you going to hold all of them back? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm really not sure. It depends. Uh, I'm planning on pairing them up again in the next couple weeks. So I don't know. I mean, I, I like between those and the corns, I definitely want to want to hold on to at least a, a handful. Um, okay. But at the same time, I know there's plenty of people that like they want. You know, I got yeah. people that want some of that stuff, and I want to share some of that stuff. So, oh yeah, look at that thing, dude. That's a diesel lizard, man. How long is that? Like what? Two feet? Uh, yeah, almost. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be those, those thirty-two quarts are about two feet long. Well, I'm just looking at the tape measure. It's it's because the lizard's arced. Yeah, you know? it's probably closer to two and a half, three. Yeah, two and a half. Awesome, man. I was thinking he got like a baby baby, like a hatchling. I think it's grown up. Oh, I don't know. I saw it on his Instagram and it seemed it was one of the more recent posts. So maybe it was older. And I just didn't realize it. Maybe. I mean, he, he feeds stuff unlike me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to get my hands on mine, man. It's cool, man. It's a cool feeling to, to know that you own it. You know what I mean? Like, think about when you're like, you're a kid. And like I, I feel for Casey, I really do, because 
one of Casey's dream animals is Ela, and he can't have him where he lives. So I, I like being a kid and seeing that for the first time. You know what I mean? Whether it be on a show or in a book or somewhere or a zoo or something, and then like you're a grown up and you get to own it. Like it's it's special, man. There's something about those lizards. Something about them. I remember old reptiles magazines, man, seeing the signal herb ads with the chondros and emeralds and stuff and thinking, man, like that would be so cool to have those one day. And even seeing rhino rats, you know, the pro exotic ads and stuff like that. And yeah, man, hard frogs and, and Amazon tree boas and being like, I'll, you know, when you're a kid, it seems like it's never going to happen. And then you get a job and you're like, wait, I have disposable income. Yeah, right. Dude, the pro exotics is one of the reasons why I got into healers. Oh, really? oh, yeah, man. Like I didn't even know that Rob worked for them, and mm -hmm. then he messages me talking about all this stuff, and I was like, "Dude, I had no idea." Like they were one of the reasons why I really fell in love with those lizards. So, <sighs> I just I remember we're talking like early two thousands. Yeah, flipping through reptiles, seeing the the ads for Signal Herb. Like I remember the ads very vividly. They had like this this like, um like backlighting effect. So there was like this hazy light around the chondros and the emeralds and they were all on the ad on the page. And I just remember thinking that was like the coolest thing ever, man. And I think I went on King snake at one point and I saw how expensive they were. And I was like, yep, those are never going to happen. And of course, now I walk into my room and I've got all the chondros I could desire. Who knows when I'll breed them again. I remember my first reptile show in Florida. I was like 14 or 15. It was at the Flamingo Hotel in Fort Lauderdale. And there was a guy there. It was, there was no venomous license back then, I don't think. Yeah. And there was a guy there with adult healers. And like looking back, they had to have been clinically obese because they were just like fat, like fat arms, fat body, like, ugh. and I remember the guy was, I asked the guy, I was like, hey, man, are those Gila monsters? He's like, yeah, you know about Gila monsters? I said, yeah, I really like them. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you can touch one if you can <laughs> tell me, if you could tell me the names of all the guys in your shirt. And it was, uh, 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 it was a Led Zeppelin t-shirt with like, <laughs> with like all the band members on it, like all posed, you know, from the 70s. And I did, I, I named them all. He's like, oh, it's pretty good kid your age knowing real rock and roll and like pulls out the lizard and i was holding the holding the gila and the dad's like oh what the fuck it's gonna fuck him up uh, like you could tell my dad's face was like oh this makes me uncomfortable yeah i'm not gonna look down so good times memories <clears throat> I'm trying to, I think I may have pictures of the first bears I had. I remember I got it off like Craigslist or something. And I really wish I had held on to it. But I feel like that's the case with pretty much everything. So. I do want to, we need to do like a, a dedicated Heloderm episode though, whether it be THP or here with somebody. With Reed. We need to have Reed on, man. I don't know what we're waiting for. Am I talking to myself? Oh. You hear me? You hear I me? I do now, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Internet's getting wonky tonight. 
I don't know. I think there was a Conjure centric podcast once upon a time. Some there was one. It. I'm telling you, man, just just do like a, a, a three times a year thing, man. Do it. I, you know, so I'll be honest. When that female died, that's really that 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 that's hurt. I know. It's been pretty hard to come back from. Like that's really broken my spirit when it comes to Condros. But you still have a lot of them. You still I do love still have them. a lot of them and I am still I do still love them. I do still plan on breeding them. It just kind of sucks when it's like I'm not going to be able to hatch anymore anytime soon. Like that was one of the coolest things ever in my herpeticultural journey was seeing Condros that I produced popping out of eggs and it was like this is awesome. Yeah, but now yeah. it's uh, we're a, we're a ways out, long ways out. It's all right, man. Dude, I got like another three, four years between before the Fuscas are ready. I got probably another two or three years, maybe another year or two before the IJs are ready. You know, I got a, a Mexican black king snakes. It's gonna be like another three years at the rate they're growing. I'm feeding the crap out of them. It just it's part of it, man. You know, my my goal with the ring calls is to hopefully get something produced by maybe twenty twenty three. I think that's a reasonable timeline. Give them the rest of twenty twenty one to just chill out. Mm -hmm. Get my temps and my lighting and everything good for twenty twenty two, so that way twenty twenty two into twenty twenty three I can produce. So. What about uh, what about indigos? Indigos are kind of put on hiatus right now for a couple different reasons. Um, Marcus is going to be acquiring some stuff, and uh, the stuff that I have that I want to do is a little young right now. Um, they're mm -hmm. of age, but their size isn't what it should be, and I think it's because not because I underfeed them like I do everything else. I think it's because I've been very very selective as to what they're eating. And everyone else that does indic, like for example, I do not feed them rats at all. No rats. Uh -huh. um, and I think that, that plays a big factor in size because I can, you know, there's guys that have snakes older than mine, or excuse me, younger than mine that are twice my size and they fed them rats. But at the same time, there's a lot of health concerns with feeding Dramark on rodents almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, there was a study done about Easterns where, uh, <clears throat> you know, they were studying wild animals and they were noticing that the snakes would come in the early morning at the twilight and they would bask on the canal banks so that when the rats would come out for their last little meal of the night, the snake would eat the rat. Well, they found out that they weren't eating the rats. They were eating the king snakes that were eating the rats. Oh. Yeah. So the things like that have, have caused me to really focus on what I'm putting in those animals. I mean, because right. let's be real, like a carp python, give it a rat, you know. The, the fuscus, give it a rat. Um, the cobras, give them a rat. But the dromarcon, just because they're so high metabolism, high movement, you know, they need acres. And we mm -hmm. can't give them that. So I'm very selective as to what I put in them. Uh, and I think because of that, they're not the size that they should be for their age. Right. <clears throat> so, but in time, in time. What? 
You got ghosts? I guess so. That was creepy. You got your bay door open? Uh, not all the way. That's eh, wind gust. Pressure in the room. I can't. I don't think I have these pictures anymore. That sucks. What are you looking for? I thought I had old pictures of the the first pairs I had, but. Oh, okay. Uh, you've shown them to me. I know. I know you have them. <clears throat> I don't think I really had any pictures of them, honestly. Now that I think about it. Oh no. <laughs> Bill said, send me some condros. I'll I'll helm the podcast for you. Take one for the team. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I mean, literally the only reason that Condrocast just hasn't been a thing really has just been time. You know, it, it very quickly took a backseat to everything else. Um but also sort of not being nearly, I mean, I wasn't really super active in the Condro community to begin with um, as far as like daily groups and keeping up with the, the times and the people and stuff. Like I'm even less out of it now. And I don't know. I'd, having Facebook off my phone the last like two weeks has been really nice. Like you don't realize just how draining that whole app is until you don't have it in front of you constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was telling Billy that uh, I still have the app. I still have it on my computer and everything, but I never check it. And when I do, it's honestly only to look at the THN page, the snakes and stogies page and some snake ID pages like South Africa, snakes of South Africa, stuff like that. Other than that, like Tremercer's group, I'll, I'll pop in there from time to time. But other than that, man, I don't look at it. I don't scroll on it. I don't. I don't post anything. So I think that helps me keep my sanity in that regard. You know. So I love Instagram. Instagram is my home. Yep. So. Tis nice. Tis nice. So I don't know. Like I said, Condro thing. Like I still have my, I still have nine. Um, it's a great little group, man. It is. Uh, I still talk to Luke and David like regularly. So good. You know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to really describe it. It's yeah. just. I feel like there's there's sort of a. I don't mean this in like a bad way, but like a, a rat race element. Sure. Where everyone's constantly trying to sort of one up each other with the, you know, high end stuff and everyone wants to be the guy. And I guess they, yeah, you but, can say that about anything, but it just, I don't yeah. know, to me it's just exhausting. It's like, I, I just want to keep my snakes and like do my thing. You know? But again, there's, there, that's the, that's a great mentality to have, but, I feel like you can still do the show for the passion of Condros. You know what I mean? Well, that's you, that's the other big problem is like how many, because it's a species specific show, there's only so much stuff you can talk about. Like really all it's, it, I, I tried to center it more around the people that were keeping them and sort of if they were doing anything differently that maybe people can learn from. But over time you kind of realize there's really not a ton. Like no one's really reinventing the wheel exactly when it comes to condros. Like everyone's kind of keeping fairly similar. Yeah, and it just makes it. It just makes it tough to 
keep it like not do the same show every time. You know what I mean? Just different. Yeah, but you're not but you're not doing it once a week. You're not doing it once a month. You're doing it, you know, three, four times a year. So you've got time to map out how you want to choreograph said show. You know what I mean? Because me and like me and, and Luke and David have talked about doing another episode, which it hasn't happened yet. Like it's been brought up multiple times and we just haven't made it happen. I haven't made it happen. Not even them. It's been me. So Yeah. But it is nice to know that people care about it enough to want it to come back. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people who are who want to get into it who have not heard the stuff that you guys have talked about or not heard the stuff that you've heard. And I think even if you are reiterating some stuff, it, it can't hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can't, it can't hurt to retell a story. It can't hurt to retell some, some husbandry facts or some husbandry, husbandry techniques, you know, and, and even if you still want to showcase the people, showcase the people, you know, and, and if you, and now back at, back when you did Contracast, you, we didn't have StreamYard then, right? I wasn't using StreamYard, no. It was right, back so, when I was doing just phone conversations. Right. So now you have StreamYard, which you can get all three of you guys on there. You can show pictures. You know what I'm saying? You can show yeah, pictures. You, you can show data and graphs and numbers and statistics and and equipment and locality photos and husbandry photos. And it, it, it sky's the limit now that you have the StreamYard, the, the, the live ability, if you will, you know? I say do it. And one of the big me- issues, and I mean, I'm being like full disclosure, like total honesty too. Like one of the issues too that I have is there's just, there's a lot of egos and conjures, right? There's a lot of people that think they're curing cancer by keeping these snakes. And there's, there's just a lot of people. I just, I, I don't like entertaining that kind of thing. I don't like, yeah, but fuck those people inflating egos even more. Yeah. 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 But fuck and those people, man. Look, I, I do a lot of venomous stuff. I don't. You know talk. exactly what I'm talking about. Then I don't talk to those people. I don't really associate with those people. If I do talk to them, it's minutely because of friends of friends or whatever. So I have the people that I talk to on a regular basis. I have the people that I appreciate, that I respect, that I trust. And then there's a million other people that I I don't. And to be honest, they don't know me from Adam, and I don't know them from Bob. So like, who cares? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entertain that concept. So, I'm gonna still do venomous stuff, and it, it's well, it's frustrating it. too because they could be super knowledgeable people in, in terms of condos, and they could be in them for a very long time. But it's like because of just their attitude, I just I don't, I have zero desire to to. So don't have them on. I I don't know. I just it's your show. Look, man, I know I know losing that female was a kick in the nuts, and, I, and trust me, you know me, you know the animals I've kept, like. It sucks. I feel it like Batman you, when he got his back broken by brain, by 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 Bane. I know, and, and it, it makes I just you had a stroke. It makes you contemplate stopping keeping that species. It does, and you're like, what? Where did I go wrong? I had this success, and then it was taken away. I had this animal that I cared so much for, that I was so passionate for, and and just it, it made my day. You know, made my life. But and it was it was taken away for whatever reason. I, I it understand was, it was that. the feeling of losing all that steam that yes, I built up already. That I, was I, what it was. Like 100% I had, understand that. There's nothing I, I could have done for her. 
like by the time that I realized what was going on, it was, it was too late. And yeah, you know, it was, it just sucks. Cause it was like, I had momentum. I was ready to breed him again. I tried to breed him again. Nothing happened. She got egg bound and died. Dude, I spent, so. I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I don't like to, I don't spend a lot of money on animals because I don't make a lot of money, but I spent a lot of money on those baby wrinkles and they slow died. And I learned a lot from that. It didn't stop me. I from, felt your pain on that one, dude. I was, I was. It that hurt me. Sucked, man. And like, just because I, felt, I knew how pumped you were about those two, dude. And I, I felt bad for my other animals. I did because I was like, I don't care about those other animals nearly as much as I care about these stupid little worms in, in these containers. And they both, they both wound up dying. And it's all learning experience, but. At, the, at that point, I was like, you know what? Maybe these aren't for me. Maybe I just, maybe I had my, my window of fun back at, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Let me just stick to what I know. And I was like, you know what? No, I have another opportunity to get more. I'm going to get more. And I'm, I'm going to continue to do it because you know what? Hey, it could have just been a stupid thing of they died because that's why mom has 20. You know what I mean? Right. Or they, they could, or it could have been something I did and I'll never know until I have babies again. Who, who knows? But I was really bummed but I didn't lose the passion the same way that you haven't. It's just, do you want to build that back up into the show again? And I really think that having the, the video cast is going to be immensely helpful in getting that steamboat's wheel turning. And there was, I mean, there was a point after that where I, I really did <laughs> contemplate like, do I want to continue to, to put a lot of emphasis on these or would I rather just focus on the Bowiga and the Bairds. Because I'd like I, the issues that I have with Condors, I don't have those problems with any of those other species. So it's like... Yeah. And I've killed a lot of Condors. Yeah. So it's like... You kind of look at the other side of that, that fence, I guess, where the grass is greener and you're like, that's a very much more headache free zone but at the same time like condors are just so damn cool man and like when you but now but is when it you're into them it's just hard to just bail but on. is it headache no I, I totally get that is it headache free or is it because you've lost the spark right now you're being lazy about it per se you know what i mean No, like, I mean, dude, I think like everyone sort of goes through phases. Like I'm course. sure you go through phases where you're like perps, perps, perps all the way. And then it goes yeah. into rinks, rinks, rinks all the way. It's the same sure, thing. Like, sure, sure. It's not that I don't like condors anymore because I'm focusing more on bairds and breeding bairds. It's just one of those things where like, you know, you have different loves and it kind of rotates periodically where sure. your focus is slightly more emphasized on that, on that species. And that's, I think everyone goes through that, that has a collection that is diverse and has multiple. Yes. Yes. Groups in it. So. Yes. It's just I, like I said, losing that steam was just kind of like shit, man. Well, I've now, been working years to get to that point to be able to breed them again and, you know, having that female for as long as I had and having that male and like, it's just like, this just sucks. And then knowing that all my other animals that are even close to being adults, they're all males. Like, I don't even know which one of those, those six, the smaller ones are females yet. I have an idea of which ones might be, but they're still minimum of two years out from even being ready. It's just it sucks. Well, now you have more venues to rebuild that steamboat. You know, I think you can do it. I think you should do it. If you want me to keep lighting a fire under your ass and Bill can keep lighting a fire under your ass, we'll do it. You know, uh, you know, Brahms and Luke are in. 
So now that's the other thing is like I have Brahms and Luke sending me pictures of the stuff they're hatching, and I'm like, uh dude, exactly. So you know what? If you gotta be the host and let them I don't even want to say the host, if you gotta be the the top of the triangle and they can be the other two pieces, and then you just fuel each other and you just you, Justin Smith, pull it together, go for it, man. Let them let them talk about their stuff. And the stuff that they're oh doing, yeah yeah no like know? i'm super pumped for what they're producing like it's awesome it just makes me miss it so bad because seeing those conjure heads coming out of eggs you know for the first time for me it was like i, I was almost in tears dude it was like this is like i freaking did yeah. it. like that was something i'd been working for for yeah at least two years at the time yeah you know and it was like because it's it's that whole like you there's there's goalposts so it's like okay i got a breeding pair Goalpost. Okay, I put them together. I got eggs. Goalpost. Okay, I got those all the way to incubation, and none of them died. Or goalpost. I had three hatch out of a clutch of nine. Goalpost. Like, there's always that next step where, like, it's it's like Mortal Kombat when you're climbing up that yeah that brick ladder, and you're like, how bad is this next one gonna be? Yeah, it's you know? dude, it's, it's, it's a great it's you, a great analogy. Video yeah. games is, is a great analogy. Like, you have your checkpoints, your save points, right? You, you beat that boss, you beat that level, you get a save point. You go to the next one, you get a save point. You get the next point, save point. All of a sudden, your Xbox dies and your saved file is erased and you got to go back to the beginning. Do you say, you know, fuck this and throw the controller on the ground? Or do you say, wow, that sucks. Well, let's do it again. Let's do it again. So you got to pick the controller back up, you know, dust off the fucking Cheeto dust and keep like, going. Yeah. It's forgetting Sir Marshall when he's out there surfing. He's like, "Yeah, if you get if you get attacked by a shark, are you going to give up on surfing?" He's like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go. I was gonna go that extreme, but shit, <laughs> you know. It's just it's the chondros. Simply put, are an emotional roller coaster. They are very good at making you feel like a complete rookie. They are very good. Like there's peaks and valleys with those things. Like there's super high highs and there's probably the lowest lows you can get in herpeticulture with those as far as breeding and keeping them and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, Mike said conjures have slammed me to the ground a couple times already and I haven't even gotten to the breeding goal post and that's, yeah. yeah and that's, I, I get it. That's just, I still have them. I'm not planning on getting rid of them or getting out of them, but it's just like now the long wait. Cause I don't, I really don't have a desire to buy an adult female. If I could even find an adult female to begin with, which yeah. that's, that's hard. I don't really want to do loan, even though I have some males where I could totally send them out to people and be like, use them. Cause I ain't going to be anytime soon. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Bill said her pediculture is an industry and hobby niche. You're welcome, Nipper. Uh, that has a functional social and social media facet involving influencers, but the literal sense, not the IG sense. Yeah. He says yeah. NPR is a sphere of influence, as is THN. Same with the pet tubers and then the BB crowd, spheres of influence. That's, yeah, it's true. Very true. It's just Russian egg dolls. Is that what those are called? Yeah. You open one up, there's another one inside of it. So on and so forth. We're getting so philosophical I. E. in here. So I.E., End of the month, ChondroCast. I'm going to talk to Luke and David about it. I'm going to talk to Luke and David and be like, yo, get your boy on track. I'm surprised I even have nuts after how many times I've been kicked in them by those things. They're there. 
like You're reasons. <laughs> right in Katie's purse. You said it, not me, buddy. <laughs> now, this is what I want you to do. After tonight's show, you're going to go in that room and change those pee pee pads. Lights are already out. Oh, then and it's I more I, exciting. I cleaned them the other day. Okay. Just try to get the spark going again. You know? Here's what's funny, though. You know, I have that smaller male that I've talked about that I moved yeah. him into a bigger tub. He shut down, moved him back in the smaller tub, did fine again. Put him in that camber rack. That fool stayed under that puppy pad for the last like two weeks. Really? Yeah. So hmm. I may have to move him. Like I feel like I'm gonna move him into that smaller tub again. And actually, that tub's probably about the same size as the one that, that that's that Cambro is. But I'm gonna move him back into that, and he's probably gonna have to stay in that until he literally cannot move around in it anymore. Who cares? And then he's probably gonna be a pain in the ass. Still, as long as, as, long as he eats and poops. So, yeah. Mike started breeding dubia. Nice. I'm, aller I'm allergic. That shit sucks. Throat closed up and everything. That's crazy. It's terrifying. Oof. Oof. Took, took some Benadryl and just laid in a recliner gasping for air. All's well that ends well. Stick to crickets. Well, I'm done with this neanderthal so we're okay. 230 this was episode 75 of snakes and stogies brought to you by puget sound pythons there you go uh we will see y'all thursday well we don't see us but you'll hear us yes and then you can keep an eye out for a contra cast episode Yes. So I'll figure out how to make one happen. Good. Make sure I have a box of Kleenex with me to dry my tears. It'll be worth it. Everyone have a good night. Bye. Later.